So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you wonderful mixologists and pumpkins alike. It is your girl, Moni, and we are back with another episode of Mixing with Moni. I don't know why I'm singing. I'll stop. (laughs) This will be the last of episodes where you hear me sing things and try to carry a tune. That's not my calling. But what is my calling is Housewives this week. I am delayed in an episode because I was waiting on one Mr. Ryan Bailey to basically recover from COVID and give me some good tea on what he thought about the shows and honey, he delivers. And that's exactly why this episode is so long. Um, I know it's long. Please don't roast me. Just listen to what you can or come back, take breaks, get snacks, whatever you want to do. Clean out your car, your closet go to work. Oh, things like that. (laughs) Whatever you need to do, listen to what you can and what you want to. But y'all, I couldn't cut a lot of it out. I wanted to, I tried and I just was, I didn't want to do it. I just thought that it was so much fun and we should just talk about as much as we can because I feel like we need the content right now. And that's something that I want 
to regulate in case we enter a situation where we are content deprived and have no voices or people to talk to us um, or things to watch. So that being said, I'm happy to help us get through this time. I know it is long. I also have a great talk with um, newcomer to the Instagrams and everything. Um, I have a great conversation with the Instagram account uh, at Asians Who Love Bravo on Instagram, literally at Asians Who Love Bravo, but also the title of their Instagram account is Asian Bravo Lover. And I guess you can wonder what we might talk about. I'll give you a hint. It starts with Real Housewives and ends with Of Dallas. So we talk about that because Bravo forced our hand and that's what they made us talk about in the first episode. So we are going to jump right on into that. Um, my Black Resilience and Black Excellence this week is, of course, none other than Stacey Abrams. And I'm going to encourage everyone, if you do not know why it would be Stacey Abrams, I suggest highly just look it up. Honestly, it's 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 a wonderful story. Um, I think I saw the meme of if okay bet was a person, it'd be Stacey Abrams. She is a former govern governor or what is it called? A gubernational or something like that? I'm not, I don't know these things. I did not pay attention in school. And I have not gotten to that point where I have to teach that to the children. Don't judge me. But she ran for governor in Georgia years ago, a few years ago, and lost for a few reasons, some theories, some proven, some fact. Um, And she has been ever since working very hard to make sure that the people of Georgia are educated on all things um, voting and knowing their rights. And she is single-handedly responsible for a lot of people, a lot of people, especially people of color and in inner cities, being registered to vote. And she did an amazing thing. And you can Google about her, honey. Google her. Mm -hmm. She is fantastic. And I, I think that she's an inspiration. And I can't wait to read her book. Someone did gift it to me. And now my gift to you is the charge of hopefully learning more about her and politics aside, what it takes to kind of get these results and what her mission was. So overlook what you might think of the politics of it or whose side, you know, she's on and you're on, but look at the politics of, or not the politics, sorry, look at the mission, like the overall intention of what she had to do and why she had to do it, why voter suppression is a problem and things like that. So highly suggest that. And sorry, I'm talking fast. I just want to get it all out and let everyone know I'm very excited about this episode, but I know it is long and I don't want you to yell at me for it. I just simply want you to listen to whatever you enjoy listening to, please. And thank you. Enough madness has gone on this week that we could just take a hot break from like being really overly critical. And let's let us just be critical of the housewives. Let's, why not? Because they signed up for it. Y'all might argue so did I, but I don't remember that contract, but I know in their contract, things are discussed. So we talk with Ryan about Salt Lake City and um, Atlanta. And then we, I am talking with um, at Asians Who Love Bravo about Dallas and everything going on over there. There is a break in between, so you will know exactly what you're getting into. And I suggest you enjoy as much as you feel the need to enjoy. And I hope you enjoy it all. And I hope you are taking care of yourself and you have a great time listening to this mess, honey, this tea. Let's get into it. Um, Again, there are things up on the Patreon for people to enjoy. I did have my new fiance, fiance 
on the Patreon to talk about our engagement story. And it is available on all levels starting at $5, but also have the video of the proposal if you're into that, which go for it if you are. And I have her on to talk about the Bachelor season premiere with Matt Johnson. Johnson? That's not his name. Matt James. <laughs> Mike Johnson is who I wanted, but didn't give it to me. So um, yeah, so all that's on the Patreon and I have some other things coming up as well. So get on into what you want to get on into and let's get into this episode. Coming up, Ryan Bailey. All right, guys, as promised, I think it cut out. Hello? Bonnie? Hello? All right, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm recuperating in Arizona from uh, from COVID. So, I mean, that's, I got the full, uh, uh, I got the full 2020 experience. So this is really a great way to start 2020. Yeah, we're but... all having a great time with this new year so far. It's really yeah. going cute. Oh, it, Okay. I thought we were half, I thought we were halfway through. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. First week going swell, loving it for the remaining is, 51. I mean, in all seriousness, I hate to be that guy, but like wear your mask, do exact. I mean, like I, the thing that I kept thinking about, like I had a lost week where I don't remember a lot of anything and it's, they, you know, everything that they told, everything that they tell us, like most of it's true. It's like, do not gather with family members at the holidays that you don't know where they're at. And I did. Yeah. And it had, I mean, it, and it wiped through COVID got through my entire family, nine people. Oh so, my God. Um, so, I mean, I, I like to joke and laugh about it and all that, but it, I mean, I swear to God, it was not super funny going through it. And it's like, you still feel, I, I had not felt something like this um, in terms of just like the, the brain fog and coming back out of it. I've never, it, it's never taken me this long to recoup from something. So thankfully it looks like everybody's on the men, but it's just not something that I don't think anybody would want yeah. and preventable, I think, you know? I agree. I definitely think it's preventable. I mean, uh, my friend made fun of me because I, when she wanted me to come over to her house, I made her stay in her car and me in our car and be windows down at least two spaces away and i was like hey so how's it going and she was like seriously it was like hell yeah i don't have time i'm sorry i just i well, get too anxious when i have a sniffle like i think the cold the common cold would take me out so it's just like i live in l i live in los angeles like I've been right good for this entire time. Like I, I don't party. I don't, I see two people in like my bubble and nothing. And then of course it's, um, of, course of course it's my family. Of course. It's of course my family. it is. You know what? That's so crazy. Cause they I drove, did I didn't even fly. All. I drove, I drove, I thought I was being, I stopped at one gas station and had a mask on and gloves. Like I thought, and it was, it, it just, yeah. it's just, I'm sure like a lot of people have experienced that too, but it just, it's just wild to actually go through it, you know? Yeah, they absolutely did say, you know, this was the concerns of everyone is to have the holidays, how that would go. And, you know, just because of people's lives and everybody 
doesn't have the luxury um, of being able to like quarantine for 14 days, not go anywhere before they go see family, like everyone that you know. And that's also a really tall ask, you know? And I knew some people who were like, yeah, I'm not going home just because I know I have things to do right before I go home and I don't want to risk it. And then, you know what? I say, you know, kudos to those people and to the people that didn't, you know, need to make extra efforts and stuff like awesome for you. But we just got to make sure we take care of each other because apparently we're all we have. So. I, I mean, if, if this point, I need, if Cynthia Bailey, if you're, if you're listening, I need to talk with you. I need yeah. to talk with Cynthia yeah. Bailey about this 10, 10, 20 nonsense. I was watching Stupid. Atlanta last week and it was very frustrating recovering from COVID. I'm and, sure. And I mean, by the way, and if any of you add OC on top of it, which I think I'm the only one of five that still watch it, but, but I watch it as like a science experiment and uh, it is insane to watch um, our reality stars and how they treat all of this. And I guess it's when you're, you know, it's like you pick these times to watch the shows and like, depending on your right. attitude, it's like how good it is. Like on the 31st, I watched the the premiere of Dallas, but I was like really sick on the 31st and mm -hmm. I couldn't make it through 10 minutes. I had to turn it off after 10 minutes. I was just like, I can't deal with this right now. And then I watched it yesterday and I was like, oh, I kind of dig this. Like it really does. Like if you're sick yeah. with COVID, you do not want to be watching reality stars like tell you about masks and not wearing masks and yes. all like, like yes. oh, don't go out. But I think I should have a 200 person wedding on 10, 10, 20, you know, like that's- Right. I, and you know what? I think that that's the thing is that people are really getting caught up in um, Cynthia's, to me, it's always the rhetoric, right? She's saying- I don't want to not be able to have the wedding that I want. And it depends on what they'll allow. But if they don't let me have more than a 50 people wedding and King is like, well, why don't you just have a wedding in the backyard and a tent and keep it smaller. And I'm like, y'all are missing the point. You don't even need to have this right now. The guy's even saying it just needs to be me and you, right? It just needs to be right. Me. Like, let's just like, be us. And she's like, well, I don't know if I may be, but have the wedding of my dreams. It's not really about you. It's the fact that should you even be allowed, which we know I live in Georgia you know, majority of the time and it is a shit show. You're allowed to do whatever you want. And so just because you're allowed to do it doesn't mean you should do it. So just because she was allowed to have this party, you got to think of people other than yourself in this case. And it's like, you want everyone to come and celebrate you, but you are not thinking about the people or even yourselves, your kids, anybody, like 200 people. Well, that's the, well, then to have, to be able to express themselves so clearly, which I think she's expressed herself very, like, this is very serious. I love Dr. Fauci. I love this. I love that. And then to go ahead with this thing of like, oh, but <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't count for me. I get to do still what I want because it's my special right. day. I mean, I've missed a lot of special days over those last years. I think a lot of us have, but it's hard yeah. like to it's hard to like have that sympathy. And I, you know, I've always liked Cynthia. I, I'm, uh, you know, I was always one day hoping to be represented by the Bailey Agency, and now uh, I just <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just one of those things of like, girl, this is your third wedding. Are you kidding me? Like I know it's your happily right. ever after, but you know what else is your happily ever after? You're happily ever after actually. Right. You're there. The days after. Right like, yeah. I mean, she's lucky. She says that no one got it after her wedding. Truthfully, we'll never know the truth because no one's following up with 198 other people. But what I will say is, I hate this narrative that she keeps spinning of like, oh, well, the first wedding was when we were broke and everything. I'm like, I remember that wedding still being very grandiose. It was beautiful. She looked gorgeous. Just because it wasn't the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with 
to me, the person should matter more than the wedding anyway. You had the yeah. big wedding and it ended in divorce. So what difference does it make? Like, it doesn't really make a difference to me as long as the wedding is representative of your love. And it seems like the man is like, let's just do it so that we can get it done <laughs> and not worry about well, it. And it's then a who cares? Side. If you're in a pandemic, that's a checklist. I, I, like, like, let's just get this over with. Like, we know we love each other. I mean, this seems to be a huge thing. We should just get this out of the way and just marry each other. Maybe a justice of the peace. And yes. A hundred couple... gajillion people postponed their weddings in 2020. It oh, was like a I, thing. Oh, I mean, I was, I, I officiated a wedding that originally was like 150 wedding. And then it ended up being uh, 20 people that all got tested. Exactly. And, uh, you know, there were plenty of people that cut their way. I know p- people who cut their wedding sizes by 85%. They were like, oh, it was like 150 people. And now it's eight or 12 or 20. And it's like, you people, you do what you got to do. Is it what you wanted to do? No, but none of us, went, guess what? We didn't invite, we didn't say, hey, you know what we need in all of this? <laughs> It's COVID. That's what we need. (laughs) What a better way to unite the whole world than a global pandemic. Well, it's like pandemic weddings are like um, uh, like New Year's Eve weddings or um, destination weddings. They're like, so like, like, so you're meaning I'm going to have to risk potentially life and limb to celebrate your love, which is amazing. But we're not like, this isn't like, you know, this isn't like a three hour epic movie about your love. This is like, well, your love, hopefully, knock on wood, will still, I mean, I guess we can't prove that with their three weddings, but it should be there yeah. a year from now. It should still be there. So it is very interesting is that this is the hill she wants to die on. So it's like, I feel like with those people, you can't have it both ways. Like you either want everybody to be completely safe or mm-hmm. you're willing to completely risk it on the off chance that your event could be a super spreader. And I know this sounds completely... Um, not nerdy of me, but like, oh, you know, you're saying this because you got it. Like, hell yes, I'm saying this because I got like, this thing fucking sucked. Like, I don't want that. Like, that's- And why would you want to feel responsible for spreading this to people knowingly when you know they only came to celebrate you? You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't have that on my conscience. Like, I I just told this story on my Patreon. Like, my fiance, when she proposed, she had this big idea she had this whole thing at a restaurant that I've always wanted to have our wedding at right by my mom's on the water in Baltimore all these people I really wanted it to actually be um, Brittany and Jack style where like she got engaged and then went home and like everyone was like surprise we knew we're all here it's a party and I was like I love that like I really wanted that and she was going to make that happen for me and she like had all these people who were gonna fly in her friends my friends and then of course 2020 happened and things went south and she didn't get to do that and then Baltimore closed every single restaurant so you know what we may do my mom ordered a bunch of groceries she cooked food here and a couple of my friends like they drove in from New Jersey came here got tested rapid here stayed with me like they were in their cars all day didn't even go to a gas station didn't go anywhere just so they could be here and it was four or five people instead of the 50 that she thought of and it wasn't what she expected but a i didn't really know the difference so it didn't matter to me yeah and b i still got the ring so who cares like you still got the man cynthia that's the thing i just feel like okay so we're totally forgetting what it really is all about what are we here for i mean and by the way i mean i feel like it's like we just went through christmas and a lot of people you know i as a kid i was always like it's about the gifts it's about the gifts and my mom would always be like no it's 
you know, about God and Christ and stuff like that. But like, no, it's about the gifts. And it's like, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just funny how people like these events, how we end up making them instead of the actual initial purpose. And it seems right. like never, we're always kind of on that path where I would love to know what Cynthia thinks in watching this back like i never in a million years would like thought i would in the share. backlash well i can't well, imagine it's breath great as like kelly dodd like i never thought i'd mention cynthia bailey and kelly dodd in the same sentence and you want to know something i don't i blame cynthia but i also i tell you i just blame georgia i think kelly dodd got off really easy because if she could have had a bigger wedding i probably i feel like she probably would have but the where she got married i heard it was just so much more locked down whereas georgia like i said has been a free for all this entire time we get looks for wearing masks in georgia i've had a bartender when i go and pick up our to-go order be like why don't you guys ever sit inside and we love <laughs> seeing you i'm like girl I don't want oh to die God. over tacos. I, I'm in Arizona right now. And I, uh, I, I just, we, I guess they're the hospitals are completely full. My, my sister's mother-in-law had to go into the hospital. They had her in a tent outside until a oh bed opened God. up. And only the only reason a bed opened up is because somebody passed away. And, you know, no, and, I don't even want that bed now. At the same time, at the same time, you can still go into restaurants in all of Arizona. You can still go there. I mean, like LA is much more strict in that like you can't eat any, like the outdoor dining isn't even available anymore. And it's just wild. It's like, I really think it's like, and I try to like, it's it's almost weird in just the sense that you're like, okay, well, you're we're basically telling a lot of these people of like, good luck. I hope you do. I hope you make it out of this. Like, good luck. Good luck. Like, yeah. Uh, like do your best. It's what what did Kelly Dodd say? It's not the government's job to regulate my health. It's up to me to make my own decisions <laughs> about my health. It's like okay, so what you want to gamble with your what? Is, think about what you're saying. And I think that's the whole point. And I I had tweeted and then posted, you know, that this reunion is going to be really tough. I can already tell a lot of people have it coming for them. The hot seats are about to be like for every single woman. And um, I said, largely the viewers are going to come for some of these asses. And I said. Which ass are you coming for? And everyone said resoundingly, basically Cynthia and then Kenya. So well, they really I mean, want to talk Kenya, to Cynthia. Yeah, I mean Kenya. I just I want to. I sometimes want to shake Kenya of like, what would Don't ever you know? possess you? What would ever possess you to question Porsche's authenticity or the reason why yep. she is doing these things? Because it's not all like. I mean, she's also failing to like. It's not all just everybody celebrating Porsche all the time. The reality of that actual situation is Porsche has a target on her back for all of these people that like, you know, hate her, hate protests, hate the things that she's doing. She's literally right. put a like just a. A uh, shining spotlight on this because this issue means so much to her and she has the gall to like make it a housewives thing of like well she, you know i'm just saying you know she's just she right. wants to get arrested that's wild that's that's it's beyond so stupid. the pale that's beyond the pale and kenya just an fyi honey bun you do portia would get arrested on camera a she needs to bring awareness to this and cameras and publicity and any kind of you know platform is how that happens is to show and prove a point that's kind of how this works so there's documentation for history books for most major marches in america one and two kenya honey bun she absolutely 
is the person that the even the cops and the government will go after because they know she's notable and she's there. So yes. and she people knows are that. already posting and stuff. So they're going to be like, oh, like, you see in one of the things like when she's in Kentucky sitting, the cop beelines through an entire group of people just to get to Portia and tells her to stand up and that she's under arrest. Like you, it, it works the same. Like it, this yeah. is not her fault. And I just think that it's really um, comical that Kenya's response and her thought process of this is only revealed because she's uninvited to a party like for Portia (laughs) you don't even like her what did you think of that party did you really I love the I love the party in the sense (laughs) of like I thought it was amazing to celebrate somebody doing something but I was like right signage was like I was like whoa this is like a lot of money here like I mean this I is I would have loved to just see like an even larger girls day or something like what she had originally at her friend um Fallon's house who absolutely needs to be a housewife tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> bravo if you're listening make Fallon a housewife tomorrow you already have fumbled the bag on Marlo you will not let Fallon <laughs> slip through our fingers for dating an older married man who has a jet. You will give us a jet <laughs> on Roa. That's just well, I had to do say. You think, do you think, uh, I mean, I really feel like, I, I feel like uh, she's got to feel like the walls are caving in. Um, uh, we just talked, um, uh, just- no, the slammed, slammed Portia. Um, oh yes, Portia, oh bless her. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Kenya. No. Kenya. I was saying Kenya has to feel like the walls are closing in because she oh, sees yeah. younger There's people so that are that girls. have her that has her energy, like that has her like Latoya I feel like, has come to replace her. I that's know, and I I'm think saying. that's the only reason why Kenya is keeping her so close. She's keeping those enemies closer because and and, and to be honest, I think she's even manipulating her a little bit because I, I don't for one minute really believe that Kenya is really attracted to Latoya. I think she's playing off an energy and she's doing something that I think she thinks will make her an ally to her. I but don't it, for a second ever think that Kenya does most anything affectionate without it being some kind of tactic. It's just fascinating just though. It's very, it's very like all about Eve of like watching your understudy come up and replace you. And I think it's a really interesting thing. And, and especially then if you're going to say shitty things about Portia, I'm like, girl, like nobody is... Like everybody thinks everybody's irreplaceable. Nobody is irreplaceable. Everybody could be replaced. Everybody. Ask Nini. And by the way, Nini is just making herself look like an idiot time and time again with this. Like, I mean, now there's somebody that's using, I feel like a cause and using it in completely the wrong way. See, here's the thing with Nini. And people have asked me to address this. I don't think there isn't merit to what Nini is saying. I just think it's convenient that it is now being said by Nini because it worked for her before. And that's the thing is like, I don't doubt that Bravo has a lot of some prejudicial things, maybe even some racial things. I'm not in their work rooms, but I can read the signs and the writing on the wall. Something's not great. Something is amiss. I just think that it's funny that Nini, because it no longer benefits her, it now needs to be called out and needs a march on Bravo, first of well, all. Well, but I'm saying like, we're not. I mean, we're how, not going how, that route and but, rebranding the march on anything. How Trump? I mean, how Trumpian? Because it all comes down to Nini's money. It comes right. Nini's money. Nini. Was- <laughs> Nini isn't taking up this cause for somebody else in particular. She's right, exactly. It's because she's lost out now. Nini. 
Nini is uh, like, you know, the idolatry of this woman. She's like putting herself up on this pedestal and saying, I'm not treated the way that I should be treated since I'm Bravo royalty. And how dare you? This is not a democracy. It is a monarchy and I'm the king of it. Like she's really putting right. herself in that place. And it, it, it's, it kind of brings into that like, well, should Jill Zarin revolt? Should, uh, you know, should other like historical problem characters? Some people might argue that Jill Zarin has. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that she's been joking because she was. Um, I remember that she filmed a few times last season for Roni with Ramona. They went, uh, I think they went um, playing tennis. They did things, and it yeah. got, got cut out or something like that. So Jill Zarin is, you know, she's ready to come for you. I mean, she donated all the masks to Cynthia's wedding. She oh contributed. <laughs> she was like, I have single-handedly solved COVID. So Jill, Jill Zarin is there in times of need. Um, it's just also so funny for me because I think she did that also with the hope that it would be on Bravo. And that's probably why she did it because it was going to be on Bravo. And Jill, sorry, honey, they still just don't want you. Even the wedding got cut and your even your face masks won't be on Bravo. Like, <laughs> NeNe, NeNe needs to spend time like really worrying about things like, what she's doing with her face tuning and what she's doing. Like these are yeah, real issues. Really bad. Like they're really nobody, bad issues. You coming at Andy Cohen, it's not going to work. Like I don't it know never where, does. I don't know where her mind go. Like, is that she knows it won't work or she's clearly delusional and thinks like, I always love magical thinking and I want to know what the <laughs> end goal is, you know? And not to mention people underestimate or overestimate how much pause Andy's actions give us the girls get mad at Andy every reunion and we still watch we don't care like he's one what's a mascot it's a mascot exactly in a sea of women and a bevy of housewives that we all are looking at for other things Andy and his like Potomac performance isn't going to stop us from watching the reunion. No, it's not but stop it, us from it, watching it, next it, season. I almost, you know, it's a, like that. The conversation about Annie at the Potomac reunion was so fascinating to me because it is. It comes down to now. I'm starting to understand how my male friends feel about sports. Is that I really do? I'm like I'm watching like I'm watching the slow mo. I'm watching it repeat. I'm watching like oh here's where I'm watching like I want to see the edits. I want to see what's left on the cutting room floor. There, you know, there's so much that goes into these things that I got really fascinated with the preparation that goes into this for Andy and it is interesting because you can attack anything you can attack everybody's performance you can attack Andy's performance it's really an interesting thing when we know these shows so well that a lot of people are starting to know them better than Andy so Mm -hmm. it's it's uh it's just really we're at a weird not a weird we're at an interesting evolution of fandom for the Bravo universe that I don't know if anybody counted on when Housewives first started you know like for this to yeah this talked about you know yeah and not to mention I mean they've said it before that Housewives itself may not be sustainable I would venture to say I think it is I think that it just has to change there are certain things and certain parts of it that I think that now that we're in on don't treat us like we don't know that this happens and I think the ties really did change with the whole bravo bravo breaking the, bravo the breaking the fourth wall yeah I mean that, yeah I we now need that so thing. consistently yeah, it's like, such a great step in that direction of of letting us is because we do know these shows so well. So the the acting of that they don't know that cameras are there is just not necessary anymore. We've we've advanced like it's like how they say you know in in a hundred years our you know our heads might be shaped differently. We are evolving right. as an audience. You know, yes, I I was things. watching see I watched I'm binging season four of OC and it's the the quickness that they will just admit that they're filming.
you're, you're, you're not. And stops everybody. Yeah. She yells cut in the air and stops filming, tries to stop filming and they keep going. And I think that's what makes us realize that reality is still reality. It's when they kept going. Cause when they say Bravo, 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 but then they keep going and we see what they think is going to be cut out. We're now invested. I mean, we saw it on Atlanta this weekend, you know, to jump back over there, they're doing their yoga. And before he comes out and stages all <laughs> yeah. the girls and he definitely <laughs> needed to sage them. Kenya, it was like, I think you want this for the cameras. And she was like, well, if we're going to break it down, let's break it down. And yeah. I, it's the first time I've agreed with Kenya in probably four, four and a half years. I was like, I do think you want this for the cameras. You know, you'll be the only housewife to ever have two weddings, start and finish on the show. Now this is technically your third and it's a whole new man. And it'd be your season finale, likely. I, I get why you want this because you've never had a moment. You've been a beta to Nini since you got here. And you want your moment. And I, I'm sorry, Cynthia, to me, you'll still always be a beta. See, I, that's I'm sorry. Not, see, that's not how, like, moments are moments are earned. They're not just given. And I yes. think with anything, like, Cynthia is a perfect example. She was that supporting character that now has really falsely uh, assumed that she is a lead because she is still here. And, like, I think every right. all these ladies, you know, really give a, and Potomac's a perfect example of people that each one of those ladies, whether I like them or not, gives something. And Cynthia, like, it's like, you are not a lead just because you are still here. Nothing is owed to you. You are like, yes. behavior earns respect. And it just, there's no argument. So it does, it's like another thing that kind of like chips away at your overall view of Cynthia. And it's definitely, you can see this weird kind of cockiness that I, I did not mm -hmm. see years mm -hmm. ago. And I'm like, I don't know if that's earned cockiness. Like you can say life has given you, like life has put you through things like your two marriages and stuff like that. And that could give you confidence, but sometimes it just rings so false with Cynthia and it's just a falsity to it that I, I, at least that's what I pick up on when I yeah. see scenes with her, you know, she's always trying to yes. act like, and Nini had her number, like that's, that was always the funny thing was when Nini turned against Cynthia at times, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I said, during their fights, it was hard for me because I absolutely understood where Nini was coming from and she felt hurt. And Cynthia just kind of like, was like, I'm done being a beta, which I understand girl who doesn't want to, who wants to be a sidekick forever, but you don't get to just say that now I'm the hero because you don't think you've done what it takes, nor could you. And I mean, Kenya called her on her card to me and it was like, you want this for the cameras. You got a little bit of coin now and you really want to flaunt it. And I was like, I believe that to be true as well. And that being said, Kenya is still a full on career hater. I mean, it's, it's the best thing I've ever seen because it is so damn disgusting. Like she is, the hate, it's like innate in her. She <laughs> has to be a hater. Like as soon as Cynthia, she does not like Portia. So for the life of me, I can't understand why she wanted to go to this party so bad. I get it. You had the doll for the daughter. Drop it off at the house. It's not that big of a deal. Immediately when she's like, I don't get to be a plus one to a party that I was never really invited to in the first place, I am going to go on a tangent and try to ruin it for other people calls candy tries to get her riled up about yeah. it and be like you know what she just wants to do this for the cameras i mean you just accused cynthia of doing the same thing so what are you worried about here girl like what do you what what do you mean when you say that someone gets arrested and eats a mystery me big mac in jail for cameras yeah i mean i it, don't it, believe that 
But at the same time, she still wanted to be there so she can steal Portia's shine. Exactly. You know, like, so it's, And she it's was like, well, I would have been fake gracious. Like, Candy's like, I've seen you in a lot of situations. And I like Candy's confessionals this year. She's stepping up for me. And she's saying that I've seen you in a lot of situations, Kenya. And gracious, you have been not. <laughs> but I mean, I just, I, I just think the, I mean... We were all gracious when she released her shitty exercise videos like 10 years ago, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's like, I, I just find it funny that I'm like, somebody's actually doing something of note. And I just find that's funny when, you know, you, you make fun of somebody or make light of that when I'm just like, wow, there's like literally nothing sacred. There is nothing yes. sacred in any of these shows, which I guess is par for course, but sometimes it's still, even after watching so many hundreds of hours of these shows, it will make me personally aghast where I'm like, Oh my God. Like I can't, I can't even believe, I can't even believe she didn't ask like immediately after she said it, I'm like, can we cut that? That's, that's a Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. Yes. Like I can't, she was I can't already believe those words came out of my mouth. Yeah. Did you guys know about this? Did you, somebody's going to pay for my hair and makeup. Found out. I'm like, so you're really mad and you're going to throw someone under the bus and question their motives as another black woman, which you also are in a, cause that benefits and literally directly is related to both of you you will question that because your hair and makeup you have to pay for yourself like i'm very confused that is well, yeah, I mean, a valid I'm, reason to me and i love i mean to me those uh you know the production crew the couple of people that were there for that i always think like those are those are essential workers. Those are, I mean, those poor guys that get a text who are like, hey, by the way, she's not invited. She's about to find out right now. It's like, you're like, oh shit, get out of the house. Like those poor yeah. people that have to be there when she explodes. I just think like, man, that's just gotta be, <laughs> think, think about going through eight hours of your job and then having to end the day like that. Like, you know, it's just, it is funny when you start to think about the people behind the scenes. This is just their daily job. They don't care. They, they aren't like nobody. It's not like us where we're like, oh my God, the, the mythology of all of this. This is their day job, you know? Yeah, they're just trying to make a show. They're just cute. They don't really want to be on the camera. They're not trying oh, to yeah. do a swipe what, up or what, nothing. What, uh, James on Potomac, James looks like he's 23 years old and he's like trying to stop Monique from like tackling Candace. Yeah, bless his heart. He'd be flying around trying to really do his best to produce some housewives. <laughs> but like, I'd, I'd be like young as hell. I'm like, you would, I was like, I, I, when I think about producers, I think like, oh, these guys must be like in like their Andy. 50s. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And but that being said, and you asked us what I thought about the party, um, I would have loved for it to just be a girls' weekend or a girls' day or something like that. Again, there was a lot of people there, and I was like, "There's a lot of motherfuckers here for pandemic. Nobody's wearing a mask. It's just so not the fun." Fancy, the fancy signage. It was another thing of like, I don't think Portia would even want all this signage of like these blown up photos. It she was like essentially said she didn't. She was like, "I mean, I don't really want to be celebrated for yeah, doing like that's, this because that's it's important." I'm, well, because she's going to continue to do this, and I don't think she's going to want to party every time this happens so I know right for the cameras but at the same time i'm just like well i think lauren may have thrown it for the cameras but portia did not know about this so for yeah. for kenya to attack portia's motives for something that her sister is doing i didn't love and i mean also lauren god bless your heart i know you want to do this for your sister but what i'm not gonna do is take some twine from party city and like some like you know clothes pins and hang up pictures of police brutality victims but I I'm think that's that. that. See, that was like the weird part. That to me, that was like that is not decor. To me, that was potentially tacky, and that was like the part where I was like, "Oh, it was and very tacky." Everybody's like just like in there, you know, just drinking without masks off and chilling in this backyard. And I was like, "It looks cool," but like the the point of the party, like kind of 
cancels out the we could have used almost any other decoration and you know oh, what I, I had a follower dm me and i don't want to say your name because this was for your, your you said it was like your work's christmas party or something um or just a christmas party she told me that she went to a christmas party like at a civil rights museum so the museum is beautiful but casually you're just like going to go get in manhattan or like oh. a little you know margarita and you're just there are displays well, it's like, it's like the holocaust right it's like, like a holocaust no. museum like who would ever want like those things are like chilling yeah. and they like stay with you it's not a place to like see like what the open bar is like you know no it's not like unless you're moving all the you know exhibits and stuff out which i reckon you probably should not do um it just feels a little tacky and that was like we could have just put up like go portia or yes, like Porsche yes. luther king yeah. cute well, little yeah, things well, like that if you want to just celebrate her but you don't need to put up and i like the pictures of her and her grandfather to me that would have sufficed but other than that everything else felt a little out of place and out of uh, not on time we don't need read the room girl like but, uh, and, but and also, also, also th this isn't even close to over like you know her job like hello like, you know what i'm saying like this isn't it wasn't like the end of like star wars and they blew up the death star at everybody's party like no it's right. like this thing right is in the middle or the beginning of like what actually could be possibly happening in this country so you're not wanting to like she had like, to give a good game good game at the end yeah. literally she's like girls we're still in it let's all fight and do our best yeah. and this is where i get off with the women because each of them afterwards were like i'm so proud of portia luther king i'm like you do know this is you too right like i just i'm sorry this isn't everyone problem like racism doesn't get, just get solved by portia and it's showing it on Bravo, but with one person is not enough like hey, well, you this know what? is it something was, I, we well, all can be involved in you don't have to wait Devil's advocate, though, it would be great if by the end of the season it actually does solve racism. So I'm still, I'm still full of hope. But it <laughs> would Portia be great if, like the season single-handedly does it. Yes, the see, and then by the way, then the party is even like quadruple the size, and then I'd be totally on board. I can see that happening. I mean, I do think that her and Dennis make a great civil rights team. They've been like going around and they've been bailing people out of jail and stuff where I don't really agree with is his whole um, co-parenting gifts. Yeah, that was um, amazing. I mean, I'd also like to try it. I've never co-parented with someone and nor do I have a child. But if you are making an offer, I would love- See, I feel, I feel too much. I mean, I loved Portia's uh, thing about that of like, well, Dennis is always very careful to say co-parenting and not trying to win me back gifts. But she's like, I like this. I like this. And like, for me, I would feel he knows too guilty. <laughs> I would feel too guilty accepting. Like I get, I'm sure you have people, like I, I have people that'll send me gifts uh, for the podcast or something. And I'm just like, what? Like that's in- I mean, that blows it, it like I can't imagine taking something that over a thousand dollars, you know, like I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, I don't know how to do that. I am. That's not my life. I'm not a housewife of Beverly Hills, so I could never. But I close Atlanta out with saying Toya is messy and she is Kenya reborn. So I really believe wholeheartedly bravo should keep one or the other i do not think you need both and that's a hot take and if you don't like toya i'd reimagine if you even like kenya because they're really doing the same job however toya might be cheaper so bravo if they want to save a coin they could go that route but uh, her telling fallon you know yeah i get that vibe from you like you date older men i was like <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> that, what does that look like? We can say that about half the cast. And then I love that Candy pointed out, oh, it looks like they're trying to bring in a whole new wave. Cause she was like, I know Cynthia feel old if I feel old, you know? And 
that being said, give me Fallon. I want a jet on Housewives. That's what I want. Can, well, I mean, I know you want to close it up. Can I, I also just want to bring up the, the thing that's disturbed me the most about this season is the um, uh, the Drew, Sedora, and her husband relationship. Ooh. Is yeah. I really, I, I mean, I know, um, uh, what's his name? Ralph, Ralph. And I, I really got to say, I know it's like there's certain funny elements to it, but like, I, I think there's something really not funny and like a hundred percent alarm should be going off for everybody yeah. is that I, I, I hate to say this, but this doesn't, this won't end well. I mean, like if you look at human behavior, like just how he like was laughing at her in front of the therapist and it's it just, um, I really like Drew or what I've seen of her so far on the show. Same. And I, um, you know, there's just some OJ there. There's some, there's some anger. There's some like real anger that Ralph yes. has and I know his father passed away and that's, that's extremely uh, besides the point because he was an asshole, you know, four episodes before ago. Before we you found know? that so, out, if anything, she's given him more grace because of but, that. But, uh, you know, skipping out on your family without letting them know where you go. I mean, like, this is all stuff that is like just wildly inappropriate on top of yes. knowing you're on camera and still behaving this way is just really, I mean, I, it's one of those other things that I was like, whoa. I have seen a lot of these shows and to me, this just screams. No, I, I totally agree with you. I feel that he is sinister. There's something dark and twisty going on there. Not in a fun Grey's Anatomy kind of way. Um, it's really, it's bad. And something with him feels um, disgusting. And I get the vibe from Drew, whose mom is a pastor, that she's coming from the same field of thought that my mother came from and a lot of my, my grandmother came from and a lot of people I know, especially being black Christian churchgoers is divorce is not an option. It is not of God. We do not do that. It's not recognized in the Bible. And if you got a divorce and you marry someone else, you are committing adultery. And Which I is very Heather, she, Heather gay. That's like Heather gay. Yes, crap, you know? exactly. And I think that she's trying to keep her family together. You do it for the family. And then the mom is the matriarch and all these things. And I venture to, you know, extend to Drew, much like I told my mother as a child, your kids are actually better off seeing their parent happy than just being together. Because my parents stayed together for a long, long time, longer than they should have probably, just to, you know, for, for me, for the family. And I can promise you I was miserable because they were miserable. So moment they separated, we all good now. So <laughs> I, I would say, you know, Drew, no, it's not. It, but it's like, how do you even care of yourself first? How do you even end that? I mean, I'm just looking ahead. How do you even end that storyline this season? Like, do you magically get better? Like, that's just not how things work. So it's like, it really no, is not. scary to me of like, well, I mean, like, it's just one of those things that like, it almost just screams violence to me at some point. And like, I hate to say that because that's so extreme, but it's like, if you look at his behavior, it really, it just, I mean, I just, I, I, I've watched too many stories of like this and I just feel like that th these things usually go a very similar way, you know? Yep, I agree. I don't like, I feel a presence when Ralph comes that is unlike many that I felt and it feels weird, strange, dark, manipulative because he's a little too charming to me and it feels like he is, whenever a man says, you know, 
I don't want to be emasculated. I'm like, what makes you think your masculinity <laughs> oh is God. rooted in this one woman? Oh, you know what's so what? funny? Is that I, I never, I guess that's one of like, I mean. Have you ever told a woman that she emasculated No, no, in fact, that's what I was just like. You know what cracks me up is that we even had this in the Potomac re- reunion where Robin said she was very aware of money and not making, you know, one feel, you know, less than or something in regards mm-hmm. to making money. And I just so funny because it's like, I've never, I'm always kind of like, yeah, man, emasculate me. I don't care. Like I have no ties. I guess like I'm stubborn because I'm a tourist, but I don't have a lot of ties to where like my male brethren, you know, like I don't even like, I, I, I just, I don't look at things like that. So when I hear guys like use that of like, she's demasculating me and it's like, mm-hmm. what? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like you see them like coach Shaw in Utah. I was like, here's somebody that yes. like, completely respects even when I don't think he should his wife's opinion everything she says <laughs> and he finds a way to still be a man to still you know stand up for yep. what is right to be kind to be listening to his wife even if he like I mean to me that's what I want to go towards and learn from not this kind of bullshit of like whining of somebody demand like then be a man then step up it's obviously right. they don't it run has away nothing to they do don't... with her if your manliness and your manhood is rooted in this woman that you chose to marry then it sounds like you need to do some soul searching within yourself they don't really have anything to do with he's a good looking he's a good looking guy well built like i'm like you have everything you have everything at your fingertips and you're still finding ways to screw it up for you and your family and those are the people that are like damn because then it's mental you know yes and i think that on the train of you know what masculine men look like we can hop on over to salt lake city because what I do know is that someone like Coach Shaw, to me, I feel as if he not only deserves this party, though I've just met him, I've only known him through the TV two or three episodes max. I feel he deserves this party. And I also feel like he still deserves a shrimp po' boy. Yeah, Popeyes, yeah. Popeyes, because that's what he wanted. And I just think, I kept thinking to myself, I really hope he got that from the hip hop golf Shaw amazing party. Um, we start off with, Wait, so with Coach Shaw, though, like, don't you like, I mean, you know what, uh, like the three episodes we've seen of him, he seems like the attitude, like what I love about him and people like this is that Jen could have said, hey, we're going to, um, we're going to the garbage dump to see where they drop off the trash. And he'd be like, oh my God, I've always wanted to know where the trash would, oh my yes. God, that's amazing. I've, I've never, I've I always love pictured his attitude. it. I've always yes. pictured, I would love to see it firsthand. That's amazing. He makes everything a positive and you really like, whether it's male coach. or female, that's just a really, I think that's a cool trait. And I love, I love that about him on the show, you know? Yeah, I definitely think he gives me actual coach vibes. Like he knows how to kind of rally. He knows how to be, um, you know, positive reinforcement. I think those things are great. I also just like his energy. And I think I like the way he disarms Jen without even ever having to do it or say it. She's a different version of herself with him. Watching them in the car together really gave me pause to be like, now I know for a fact she's just putting on for the show because I feel like this is who she really is. And it's not a softer side of Jen. I honestly think that a large portion of her is over the top and extra, but a lot of times it feels like she's sipping from the actual formula cocktail of Housewives and she's trying to do it all at once. Whereas I'd like to see who she just is regularly. And with her husband, she's actually someone I can kind of get behind. But see, that's why I think 
Keep this cast exactly as yep, is. Don't change a thing. Do not change a thing. Because second season people, Housewives always change. Let let people warm into it. It's like, yes, Jen Shaw is like, literally she is doing every housewife trope in the book. She's so, but at the same time, if you even strip all of that away, she's still a fascinating character and is given more than say, um, uh, I'm trying to think, just I'm trying to think of like a really basic housewife. Uh, who am I? Who's the girl that face tunes herself into oblivion? That's all QAnon on OC. Um, that oh, face Gretchen? tunes her face. Gretchen. I'm saying for me, I'm like Jen Shaw's already probably more fascinating than Gretchen in so many ways. Like, you, yeah. Give this. Do not mess with the chemistry of this. I'm telling you, please. For don't. A first season, so much. Like I love the. You know, after those first four episodes that were amazing, everybody kind of like, well, this wasn't as good. And I was even in that camp. But still, if you compare it to first seasons of other shows, still wildly better. Like if like Dallas, first season of that, first season of yes. Potomac, wildly better than those shows. So like, yeah, just imagine- and she is the reason that we've had drama at all on this show. She is the person who has kind of driven that driving force. And you know, say what you want about it, if it was put on or not she's there's parts of her that I do think are realistically showing I think that when you see that there's some kind of anger to her because she's lonely and she's upset and and I get that I would be too if my husband was coach Shaw he's great he seems like a fun time and I'd want him around all the time too but his job seems to be demanding in a way that you know people you have to really be built for and I think but that anger or that like you know that attitude that she has that's rooted in anger coupled with her being over dramatic and like over the top and extra and amazing and shashi <laughs> and fabulous and i'm roller skating with my tiara and i'm hula hoop like all of that coupled together does feel like a lot she and has I like think- four patents in every episode she's yes. like like she's trying to get shamane like shamarvela shamat like we get it it's like your last name is shaw we get it that it you want it to go with everything, you know, but it's like, there's so much happening. Like even when we saw her throw the glass at the end of last week's episode is that you're like, okay, we get it. You've seen housewife shows where they throw things. You're doing it. You're going from a zero to 300. You're having to have your kids take you out of an event, like slow it down, like breathe a little bit, which seems to be her overall issue that she's aware of anyway. So yes. I can't imagine but at the same time, it's one of those things in the back of you're like, okay, well, she's throwing herself on the sword and it, you know, for love it or hate it, it's for the benefit of the show, you yeah. know, but uh, I guess the- So we thank you for your service, Jen. Yes. Like I we mean, really do. Well, <laughs> wouldn't you rather, like I always like as an actor, wouldn't you rather be able to direct somebody out of a performance instead of say, we need a lot more from you? Yeah, like, I do we think know it's better to have her, a so- lot just let like all we have to do is just tell her just pull it back a little bit yeah we can always you know i used to say because as an english major in college um i would profoundly always have to always overwrite i'd always be over the word limit and i'd be like well this is a good problem to have because cutting down the paragraphs is a lot easier than trying to beef them up and then get there and then you're just you know putting out bullshit that you nobody believes i do think there's a lot there with jen that we can get through that has nothing to do with her antics that i think will make her a long-lasting person yes and I, I, I think she'll be fascinating long term right you know? and i think that we'll even see an even better like chemistry between all the women with like real drama and stuff when they officially know who their cast is because this current season people are like oh where's mary she only has a couple scenes they actually had to film even some filler scenes because allegedly when she wasn't on the cast they 
she was a friend of always. And then the new production team comes in and they're like, <laughs> why would anyone make this woman a friend of? She needs to be a full-time housewife. I frankly agree. Um, and they bring her in full-time and then they have to kind of make up some scenes and stuff. But also there's a lot that she wasn't there because they had filmed so much before they switched production cast. And I also want to put the rumor to bed that some people have been asking about is with this, this dizzy bitch, Sarah the pink girl oh, who got like a full scene this season or this past episode gets a full Wendy, scene when she tells Wendy's us that friend. she got a yeah she got a, a mat just for her maids to do her dishes or something and well she had like, you okay. know the most fascinating thing about uh sarah so far is she had a specific uh utensil to cut her apple and I thought that was what I was really fascinated with yeah. in the scene is that she actually had a uh, instrument that she brought out while she was, mm. and I really checked out on anything she was saying, but um, it, you know, people like that, they're a dime a dozen. They're not thinking past like, you know, critical thinking is not Sarah's thing. In fact, when we were introduced to Sarah was the first episode when she uh, said, happy birthday, Jen, <laughs> at Meredith's uh, birthday party. So And came to a birthday party for someone she didn't know whose birthday was for. Well, I will say this, and this is the question that keeps going through my mind, is that she's on her third marriage. And this is what, right. like, you know, I was looking at some of her social media posts this week because of, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the country. And she wanted to be a part of it because everybody does have freedom of speech. And I guess it was just interesting is that I don't sometimes understand people that, um, and this is, I, I feel the same way about uh, Pastor Jamal from Potomac, is people that hide, uh, or not hide, but use religion as a tool when it benefits them in a certain way of thinking. But then on the same hand, mm. we'll go through three marriages like that. And then religion doesn't, you know, then God, it's okay. God said, I yes. could. God said I could divorce a couple times. Jamal said, oh, I, I can cheat with my parishioners. Like where, I I, I feel like- And okay, have multiple babies allegedly a, with them, going, yeah. If you're going to use it for one thing, you should be able to have to use it for all of the things. Like you shouldn't be able to use things in God's name after you've uh, really went against most of his teachings. And I'm somebody that's a mm. divorced person. I am, you know, uh, and I was married in the Catholic church. So I have my own feelings about this. And I really love Heather Gay's storyline this season. And it really yes. has provided me with inspiration. And that's not a joke at all. But I just, I really would really, I just find it sometimes hard when people use uh, God, but then doesn't, they don't really step up or do the work themselves to be able to use that name, you know? Yeah, I, I totally see that. I mean, I will say that with Heather, I felt so bad for her. I really painted this picture of her ex-husband as this <laughs> like brute, really troublesome man who's giving me all of this energy of like, I am Mormonism, hear me roar. And I got none of it when he walked through that door i thought I it was, was her i so... thought it was heather's gay I, I thought it was heather's dad he looked yeah, like so he looked like howard hughes i, I was like what is going on profoundly disappointed by the because the manipulation and like the emotional almost abuse that we're hearing that she was under that she underwent of like the sex manipulation or the punishment like it gave me i had just finished watching the vow this past year and sedu seduced or secluded whatever the stars version was and I am like, to use sex as a punishment, it feels very Nexium. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I didn't get upset enough 
that there was a glory hole in Scary Movie 3, which yeah, first of all, any, Scary any, Movie 3 any is fucking, problematic from the uh, beginning. What part yeah. of the trailer convinced him to go? Well, did they see the first two and said, we got to see how it ends? Like, we, I mean, like, it doesn't make sense. They're not that consecutive. He never needed to go. That's what I, but it's hysterical that Scary Movie 3 got name dropped of all movies and then made her feel guilty that she didn't want to leave after the glory hole. And so he withheld sex. And if you see the guy in this episode, he looks like somebody you would gladly accept being refused sex with. He does not look like some kind of yeah. like sex monster. I'm like, he looks oh, like Heather, a I wrote- I wrote down, you did not miss out. He did you a favor. He looks like a shell of a man. Like, and the thing is, exactly. it's funny. They showed a picture of him and Heather together and he looked like, he just looked, he looked like, he looked like all of his life force has been sucked out. Like since that picture, like the guy like looked full cheeked, healthy skin. The guy that walked in there was just like, uh, and like Heather is so vivacious and full of life wants to get her freak on and not be guilty about it. And it just seems like I'm very happy that Heather's out of that relationship, even though I know she feels like it went against God. Yes, I am as well. I, I wish that she would cut herself some slack. I was just Googling Scary Movie 3 and Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen are in there and I don't know why I feel the need to So it's that. a good one. So do. it's a so it's good. So it's a good movie, yeah. I mean, I, I hope they didn't go to, um, is two the one with the haunted house? Yeah, with David Cross and yeah. yeah yes, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, no, I, I really hope you did not see them all in succession because the glory hole would not be your biggest issue if that were the case. So... I, again, I'm like, okay, I don't think you missed out on anything, but I understand you were raised to think that marriage and kids, all that matter, husband, kids, all that matters. So getting the husband, getting the kids, all that matters. And if you lose one half, you have failed because 50% is a failure in the eyes of her. However, I'd venture to say, I think you're doing great. Your kids are, seem amazing. They oh, seem to really so care about you. They are. They remind accepting. me of Giselle, Giselle's kids yes. with the better, with the better mother. You know, like, I love the. I love these daughters. Their their heads are wrapped on so tight. It's so yes. good. It's really refreshing to see. I even like you know seeing like Jen's kids. I think they're refreshing to see. I, I think that these are good kids, especially on Salt Lake City. Lisa Barlow's children. I'm I'm concerned for. Not in a sense of they're in danger. They're, no, they're they're good kids. They're good kids. The goal board. I was like, okay, cute, sure, a goal board. They seem a little young. Maybe we should just focus on making sure their studies are good, that they're not having issues in school, that they're socializing properly. It seems like a lot of things we can make sure they're on track for developmentally and, you know, personally before we make sure that all their goals are being met but sure i love that ambition teach them early but where i did get pause and i want to know if you got pause too ryan is when she said that her way of spending more time with her family is to open another business yeah, let's yeah. start a business forget <laughs> a movie night i mean we're and she's telling us this as she's taking them to the aquarium as if that won't suffice for spending time with family i'm like you could also just hang out with your family that is also acceptable well she gets them in there in that penguin room and she's like isn't this fun spending time with family we are all spending time this is fa this is family time that we're all like she don't you like love family time you also love, what's I'm a doing name doing for this. our shampoo Let's yeah. pick one, one out. I'm like, this do you is want not a work trip. Do you want? But I will say, I was very angry, like, as somebody that's now 
living with my family until I get better. I was very <laughs> upset at my family for not uh, pushing me to have a business at a younger age. Like, I feel like my parents have let me do way too, like they let me be an actor, like things that I feel like they shouldn't have let me do. I would have killed if they made me do a salt scrub of some sort. I would have loved that. Yeah, retrospect. give me money. Like we should all be Beyonce's to Blue Ivy and, you know, just incorporate our children from the womb. But and every then- time I see those kids too, is that like, I don't you, don't you see those kids and you're like, those kids, all they are just made of fast food. That's all fast food. And I love fast food, but I'm yeah. just like, I feel like even the, the one kid says this week, she's like, do you want me to make you something? He's like, no, I have no need for a microwave, microwave hot, hot dog. dog. That is adorable. And that was so shady. I like him. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that. And so then we also have some family vibes going on over in Meredith Marks's house where her husband is home. They've decided to reconcile what you do, right? Um, and Brooks is just there. Like, what is your thought on Brooks? Because the internet is torn. People love him. And then there are people who absolutely, I think the people who love him are the ones who just watch TV. Like they're not deeply involved yeah, like, in the oh, world. And, it's a yeah, person on TV. Yeah, they I, just consume I, and they find him funny. But then on the internet, it's a different story. I love to dislike him. As I get older, it's been, it's been very hard to watch somebody that seems to have full control of their family. They asked Brooks for permission to do anything. And I think that's a very alarming trait in any child, <laughs> but it's like literally telling his mom who she won't hang out. You know, you won't be hanging out with Jen on her slumber party. She will never be at this house again. You know, telling all of this stuff. I'm like, why is this kid running anything? This, I mean, cause if you step back, you're like, oh, this kid's a dork. Like I wouldn't follow anything. He told he his mom from doing no work of his own. She's at her store running her business and he tells her we need to order more tra- more of my track suits for your store i'm like what if she doesn't want to give up valuable retail space to something that won't sell yeah well i mean it's you know it's one of those things it's like it's cute it's like okay put his little name on the track suit and like is it cute because it's well, like girl we don't no one will ever buy a name they well, don't know but also I've, I've seen so many things of like oh well there's like a hundred tracksuits that have done the same thing that he did like what i'm saying is that he potentially took that idea which is still cute it's like okay you did something with your life but like you know i think the the um the idolatry of like putting him up on a pedestal of like a designer jen shaw was right of like well does the tracksuit make a collection i don't know i hope he makes another one because i want to wear it and i think that that that's cool and i hope he goes further but i think it is like a very funny trajectory of us loving him the first episode, completely falling off of him by the third episode and kind of learning to live with him on this episode. But the whole Brooks family is fascinating because I just think they're all on like a family plan of Xanax. Like they all just seem completely pilled out. Yeah, they're, they're like, what's zoned. up? I'm disengaging. Yeah. And also you can't keep disengaging. That should be illegal. Like know, one time it's cute. It. I really one time it's say cute. it a lot. No, but see, it's cute okay. one time. You can't keep doing it as a housewife. What, no, you need to engage. Like by here. definition, your job of a housewife is to oh, engage. And I think I will- give it to Jen Shaw and that, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll switch to the party soon is when she's going through that absolute clusterfuck of a conversation with Heather and with Whitney, she then calls over the other ladies because she's like, oh, we are all engaging. Actually, you come here and you come here and everyone come and we're going to talk it out and let's talk about this. And Whitney is the pure definition of engaging. And then Heather doesn't poor have Whitney's, to say Poor Whitney's it. like, 
throwing herself on the sword for like, well, I love Yo, people like Whitney. Is turnt. I like, love she people. is out of her mind drunk. And oh, it's, she can't do a heart. sentence. But at the same time, she has this over like, I'm trying to do what's right. And I'm trying to do what production told me to do. I'm trying to do it. And, but Whitney, like it's, I always love people like that because the people that try to make it good for everybody are the first people to get shit on and fucking like, just like, how dare you? You heard Lisa Barlow turn against Whitney at the end of this episode of like her dancing. You're like, uh, she's just a drunk mess. And it's like, you could say a lot of things about Whitney, but I've really grown to like Whitney. And I think at heart, she really like, seeing how she deals with her dad, seeing how she's dealt with her husband's family. I think it's a really, she's a really decently great person. I just think she was wasted. So it's hard to like have any kind of like actual yeah. conversation when you're like that. But it is funny. She's the one trying to like, Put things together and she's just really bad at it so it's easy to attack her you know so bad and you want to know something oh also sidebar whitney wants the internet to know she does not have any more communication with sarah, with sarah yes. the you know capital stormer but, but here's the deal but by the way by the way i know a child of the corn or i assume half these people are pro-trump and all this shit like but at the same time i i think I think these shows sometimes are good for the actual people in them because I think a lot of people just really have not done like any of these patriots out there this week. I if mean, you really Sarah never basic, struck me as that no, freaking bright. Like, if you gave them a basic history test, they would fail it. Most of these people don't actually know the history that they're trying to stand up for. They've completely made patriots a laughable term, and I hate that because they don't really know what it stands for. So I, I really think a lot of these people, it's just education like anything else. Everybody's free to like, you know... I guess you can believe what you want to believe. I believe something completely different, but I think it's interesting that some of these probably people are getting a real crash course on people's feelings and the the history of situations. Because when I grew up, I wasn't like knee deep in history and things like that. I, I learned things. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of us weren't. I mean, people always ask like, oh my, I didn't know any of this. And I'm like, you know what? To be honest, a lot of black people are learning their own history while watching their people kind of become an enemy of you know a further enemy because they already were in, yeah. in a lot of ways we're learning it because when did we learn it when where what who told us so i i completely agree with you and you want to know something i am like i said i've been watching oc season four and i've never seen anything reconcile my hatred for a person more than oc season four and watching the origin of Tamara Sun Ryan to where he is now. That is probably the least powerful person oh, I've see, ever seen in my life. And I used to be pissed at this man. Even Ryan at Tamara. But even Ryan about her. In the last season Ryan was on, you even saw that his hair didn't want to be on his head anymore. That's how far people want to get away from him. Like he I'm had watching such... the old seasons and this man is just he there's nothing there. And it's so it's it's comical almost. Like it's dangerous, yes, but it's also almost comical because I'm watching and in season 4 he wants to be a cop and I was like oh yep that tracks and then he gets a <laughs> ticket and he completely drops the entire career aspiration and also and remember then, he 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 abused his wife at the time he, he got violent with his wife who was the yeah. gun dealer like you know that's what I'm saying these people that stand up for rights and freedom and patriotism they usually even can't take care of their own home you know that's the thing that always right. worries me is like start at home there was and that, no you know, ambition behind this man's eyes so it makes actually it makes sense to me 
that he would think there is other there are other people and other nationalities to blame for his lack of employment when I'm watching him in 2007 avidly tell his mom and stepfather he wants to do nothing like these words came out of his mouth and he's I, like they're like what do you want to do then he goes I don't know yeah I I tweet I tweeted this I tweeted okay. this I tweeted this multiple years ago before I even had this podcast and it, it um I said Ryan I said, I got, I mean, I, what I said, it scares me watching Ryan because I feel like we're watching the first housewives active shooter. And I, I, I mean that I was like, this is somebody that I think will potentially like mentally break at some point if he hasn't already, because he's, I think his mom is very aware that he can mentally break. And what's so sad to me is that in season four, Tamara is crying the same tears that she was this past season. And that makes me sad. I've never felt a lot of feelings for Tamara, but for her to just kind of have this burden for over 10 years now, because she's crying in season four about how she's coddled him, the guilt that she had. She felt like she gave him everything or tried to, and really didn't tell him to buck up because she felt bad that his situation was X, Y, and Z. And it's made him like this, but he went from being lazy to just basically being hateful because he can't be lazy anymore. And And I feel like that's where a lot of like, quote unquote, patriots come from is this place of complete hate that feels they've been turned like that, that the world has turned on them or America has turned on them and they're white and all this stuff. So they deserve, you know, even though they haven't earned it, they deserve everything. So it's this real easy thing to like hide behind because it's like everybody wants to be a part of a group. So it's like has this group dynamic. But I've been trying to think a lot about this, especially this week. I posted on Instagram after the Capitol was raised. Donald Trump with all of our reality stars, you know, like on Apprentice and stuff. And I, I just said my feelings, I thought really plainly and I was angry and it's, it's still interesting to see how many people just want, you know, like, no, just do stupid, just do your stupid jokes. And it's like, it is fascinating. How do we get you jokes when our, what, I just want to ask people, what makes you think that we have some like blank check on culpability on coping mechanisms on healing like what makes you think that we can stand seeing things go on in the news and in the world that breaks our heart but just you know be like push it aside and let's just make a meme that would be a bit sociopathic so that's that's no true, amount that's of Jax taylor that's Jax taylor behavior right like the is- whole internet would end up being shut down if you never wanted to hear us talk about anything because we are we are not bots like we are human beings who have feelings and things like that like i've had a couple people even be like enough about your engagement and other people have been like no post more i'm like first of all literally it's my name so my name is on the page so it's going to be what i want to go do it on your account your account i would never come to anybody's account and say post less of your cat like i would never do that and on two it's like i want to give people still some additional love some other additional content then what is also going on but people feel things like people have feelings they go through emotions nobody was watching this and going you know what i could do right now a meme that's what people need like we're all affected by this in one way or another but uh, but imagine 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 gassing yourself up so much that you think you can help this situation and it's just like I feel like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll try cute. I'll try to make myself laugh. And I, I mean, if you, if you laugh on top of it, that's pretty cool. And I've been really surprised at how many people, when they find things funny, that surprises me. It makes me feel good inside, but by no point do I feel like, I mean, I'm trying to like figure out my own life half the time. Like I'm trying to process my own feelings. It's hard then when you like, 
I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing that we're like, I think all of us memers or whatever that started at the same time are going through because you learn as you go and you're, you're, I'm trying to give respect to other people's opinions, but when it goes against my own opinion, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff I still think about on a, on a hourly basis right now, you know? Yep. And I think that, um, and people wanted to know a lot about it. Was Sarah really supposed to be on the show? I mean, obviously we saw an entire scene with her and Whitney. My theory is that they were, I've heard that she was never going to be on there. It's alleged that she was supposed to be on there, but they were like, eh, no. And she was like never full-time. Some people have said that she was on the show and then they cut her out because of her beliefs and everything. I'm like, unless they were going to be like actually dangerous and she was plotting on this capital stuff years ago, I don't really necessarily believe that because again kelly died so i think that they probably just didn't think something was there with her or something happened with like the the, the husband film or something like that and that's usually how it goes because i don't think bravo has that much of a threshold where her instagram bio would have really been the deciding factor i think her and her husband may or may not allegedly swing with Whitney and her husband. And oh, that's I, where I, I they wanted to go with that. I a hundred percent allegedly <laughs> agree with you. Like, I mean, I, <laughs> no, I mean, that's it exactly. Cause, cause here's the deal. She's like, she's hot in the same sense that Whitney's hot. She's in that. And she's kinda, like, we're both the same age and we did the same things and we went to the we same. We turned away from and, the church and we did it. Yeah. And we both did it together, together, together. Like, so what else do y'all do together? Okay. I have questions about together. Hi, this is Imani from Maryland. I'm writing in to watch what happens live. And my question is define together, Whitney. <laughs> Define together. But for people who missed it, you know, people are like, okay, maybe Sarah has some issues or something. Um, and then Betches, Bravo by Betches posted what her Instagram bio was in July. This is not was it? condoning, but it is interesting and funny that they think it's problematic enough to get her off of the show. It says, keep her off the flame, flame emoji. Born in Christ consciousness, lion emoji, star seed, star, unicorn, Mars emoji. Oh, that's a Jupiter emoji. 5D scepter and rainbow, seraphim angel alliance, angel emoji, Trump supporter and Q strong. American oh, Q flag. She's QAnon? Oh, oh yeah, my D. God. Trump supporter and Q strong, American flag, lightning bolt, bald eagle. And I'm like, uh, if you are explaining your ballot preferences via emoji, I already don't take you seriously. I'm sorry. I, I mean, the Q and I, I have some friends that went were or ex friends that went the Q and on route, and and I just I'm very clear. I think that um, the 95 percent of that is complete fiction to me. And if you're going to believe that Tom Hanks is trying to eat babies, like have fun with that. Like have fun. I mean, like honestly, locked him really up in Australia when he had COVID. Oh, everybody thinks like, <laughs> but and by the way, just all this stuff never comes true. Like I I'm very well researched in QAnon stuff. And it just, even the other night they had like a cube, like Q posted for the first time since December 8th. And it was that president Trump was over in Texas and the defense secretary, they were about ready to get, you know, um, people arrested in Congress that night. They were just waiting for these final moments. Like none of it, ever like I did I just feel like it's a great like it's a great hoax in the sense of like I wish these people were writing for Hollywood and all you got you you said you watched the bow this year is that just remember in five years we will have one of the best documentary series about QAnon and we're gonna have to wait five years but it's gonna be fascinating because we'll see how much bullshit I'm and where sure. it came from because already you can trace this back and there's been a couple podcasts that have done amazing research on tracing this stuff back but it's just sad because it's like people want to believe in 
insanity so much that it almost like shades yeah. like the actual great message of saving our children and it clouds it with this bullshit and that's what's like so unfortunate is that this issue actually exists of pedophilia and child trafficking this all this all exists it's just that not in the way that they're trying to frame it you know right and i think that um if you think that we're safe from it on from sarah on slc y'all i would really caution you to look into some of your fave housewives because that is probably my work the, the the most the only regret I have of starting this page is knowing too much about these women at this point and then being profoundly disappointed by some and then others being like eh, never really care for you but that sucks for you and then just overall like okay housewives I forget sometimes we forget they're all people too and they make decisions like I don't like to wrestle with my head that Ramona is a real person that goes out into the world and does things I like to think she only exists in the realm of housewives that I can see her and condemn her for and then you see the reunion where like Leah and everyone is like coming at her for going out having the antibodies not wearing a mask going to store and you're like oh, you're right they do do things <laughs> outside well i mean i mean i hate like I please mean, Sonya, don't Sonya is everybody's favorite but remember i i mean i have a i i you know i have she knew epstein like i have a good feeling like i mean like and I hate, it like, was great friends with trump i'm just that's saying. What I'm saying like i'm just saying like plenty of like, documentation of girls and their relationships and their you know what it's funny because i remember the year that carol went all like you know it was all about the election 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 and andy specifically asked each woman on new york and i don't think he's ever done that before or he never did it again who, who they for? voted for and it was the stark difference of people who were happy to say we did not vote for this person versus I don't like to disclose that and then like well he's a very good friend of mine and we're really good friends and we've hung out a lot of times I'm like yes that's what we look for in a president that they're really good friends with Sonya Morgan yeah, that's all yeah, we need yeah, yeah. as long as they can throw a good well, party, I mean, girl I'm see, in that's why we that's why we have to be careful at like, I mean, we are in a society nowadays that like reality, you know, like this is reality stars are just as valid politicians as actual politicians. We've crossed over into some kind of weird where I really, I was talking about this with somebody. I think Kim Kardashian could legitimately in 10 years be the governor of California. I'm not in any way joking. I can't say way. that she won't be. I honestly feel like it's probably going to happen. Oh, I 100%. Don't, um, I don't really put it past California to do it either. I feel like they would no, actually do it. But remember, we had, Schwarz, we had Schwarzenegger. We had like, I mean, like, I'm yeah. saying like this, this, I mean, think about Especially where Ronald Reagan came new, from. Like criminal justice background, yes. which I think would actually propel her because I think she is taking that so seriously. It's like the only thing she's ever really taken seriously. And I believe her intentions that I think it'll take her all the way to the top. And I'm- Well, I, I think, I, I mean, that's I, why I think you you get, you cut, you cut Kanye loose loose now you know you get your you get your house in order in that sense and i think she there yeah. is unlimited potential whatever she wants to do she will be able to find a way to do it you know and you know what i want i want that same energy and i there's few times i ever say that people should come on housewives to get divorced because we don't usually like that stereo that storyline usually it's annoying you come on here we see there's problems in marriage and you we're like okay girl you want to get out you want some financial security i don't know if one or two seasons is going to give it to you but good luck I need that for Mary though. I want to keep her on this show and I want her to get out. I do believe 
She Oof. is also a monster. I do believe she's also manipulating and doing things. But in the same sense of like, for instance, if you watch the Nexium documentaries, a lot of the women were able to have people under them in the alleged slave cults and things like that, the sex cults. They're able to do it, even though they're repulsed by it, they're able to do it and they're now transmitting the abuse to someone else victims can absolutely also be abusers and abusers can be victims and i do think that there is something dark and twisty also going on with mary and her husband i do think i've heard the audio of mary yelling yeah, at the, the only only four get, envelopes you cheap yeah for my birthday i'm like i think but there's something about validation that she needs there and i don't think it has anything to do unless the money is just purely not there and the houses are like all about to be foreclosed on i don't think it has something to do with the money as much as it does she's now just raised into this line of thinking that these people owe her something i also her i've been in a mega church my whole life i spent in a black traditional mega church and so i'm not abnormal i'm not like new to most of these ideals of giving your pastor gifts and all these things I know how much money it looked like my pastor had. They shared a jet with someone, they're big deals. It's like the Jamal Bryan and stuff. Mary's church is not that big. So to me, her grandmother leaving her all this fortune, I just feel like something else is going on. And I don't know if the church is like an alleged or just in my head, like a, like a wash center. Yeah, I don't know if we're doing some laundromatting of our money. Well, I mean, you and we're up, cleaning it real good with Clorox and hand sanitizer, but an, something there. I have, <laughs> feels... an, I, have an, I have an Instagram post coming out that I've been working on with that scene uh, that you just mentioned in Salt Lake where it had, you know, well, I don't even know how many houses we have. We have here, we have Vegas, we have we this. Have I said, I said, I said, this scene right here, you guys, this, and this is just so funny when nobody's still like, this is, this scene, this particular scene will be presented to some kind of jury at some point. Mark my words, yeah. just like Erica Jane and Tom Girardi, you have just a scene like right here. Just like Abby Lee like, Miller and Dance Moms. It, saying, it like, happens. Here it, is. here it is. I don't know why anybody thinks that like still like flaunting completely specific wealth. Teresa specific wealth, But that's what I'm saying. Specific wealth flaunting that. Like you can flaunt overall wealth. Great. But when you're saying, I don't even know how many houses and then go and list the houses and go, we don't even rent them out because we are not trash like that. <laughs> yeah, we don't. like. It, it gave me, it was the exact same thing that Teresa Judai said when she was having her home built. She said, I don't want to live in someone else's home because someone else has lived there. And that whole ill factor landed her and her husband in jail. Okay. And then here we go. Same thing. Mary's like, uh, how many houses do you have? Uh, I don't know. We have the one here. You see the Salt Lake one and in Vegas and New York, Indiana, um, Orlando. The doors on her Salt Lake house are so big. They're bigger than most people's actual home. But that's what I said. I said, you guys, I said, I mean, I literally saw that. And I was like, oh, so you're saying all those are empty right now? Let's go. Like, I need a place. And, I'll and stay to it. say that you don't need to rent them out, like you are just foregoing, you're paying mortgages on all of them just because if there are mortgages, but you're not even renting them out because you don't, you feel like you don't need the money. That also gives me a little bit of pause because usually people who say they don't need the money like that, that's not really how rich people think. They don't really care. Like you think the girls on Shark Tank, are investing in businesses because they desperately need this to work for them. Nope. They take losses and stuff all the time. It's just, you make money because that's what you do. If you are rich, you want to continue to make money. But Mary's like, no, we just, if we're not in them, no one's in them. Well, you can't be in five houses all at once. So I just got a very 
a whiff of deja vu with Teresa and I got nervous for my I, girl I, Mary. I'm telling you, it is it, it will eventually be used in a court case. These things are admissible in go court. Down. And I'm just saying like, I just feel like it's so idiotic. I'm like, I cannot wait to find out more financials of her situation. And I know we will. So like, it's just now it's like a waiting game because uh, the, the feds will get involved at some point. Allegedly. Oh, you, you got... that she will um, stay on the show. I think that eventually it'll be up to her if she wants to stay or not. I don't think that they'll stop her from coming back, but I think she might think that she got in too deep or something, but also something about the ego with her and her husband lets me know they'll go a little too far, just like Teresa did, and they'll go a little too far. They'll touch the iron and all of a sudden they will get burned. But at the same time, I want her on this show and I want her to get divorced because- Well, well I mean, she was on Watch What Happens Live this week and I was shocked to see her there and she was still doing was the same- Emily. It was very strange She was doing the same bits and all that stuff. So I'm like, she's not, I don't think she really has learned fully. So we'll see how everything nope, goes. Not it's, yet, it's, not until that first piece of paper comes to her door via a messenger- Everybody has an Achilles um, heel, you know? Now we must, we must conclude with talking about this hip hop golf party. <laughs> yes. I don't understand the two themes, but sure, sure, sure. Um, to me, I just love when people call hip hop a theme. It, it, to me, it feels inherently questionable. I won't say problematic. I think we can all have good fun. That's fine. I just think it's, it's questionable because like, what does that mean? Like, give me a decade, a theme, yeah. a genre, a person. Is it a Tupac party, a Biggie party? Those are two very different rappers, both in hip hop, two very different styles. So what does hip hop mean other than track suits and cornrows? Like, <laughs> which again, leads us from questionable to teetering into problematic not for coach shaw but for the copious amount of blonde people who were there that are not coach shaw so i'm just like okay but fine we're having fun that's fine i'm going with it i liked jen putting on her coat i just love that her husband did not skip a beat and that she thought that something about wearing that coat would not give away a surprise party <laughs> because to me if I saw my wife wearing that coat, I'd be like, you are insanely dressed up, girl. Where are we yeah. going, Popeyes? I mean, that was, I mean, yeah, that was hysterical. And then, you know, then when she- I mean, she's done up. Like, she is dull. When she And then when she got rid of the coat at the party and, like, had the Beyonce Super Bowl outfit, I mean, it was- and she was, you know, wanting to make and she that wanted you smash. to know that's what it was, Ryan. Yeah. Did yes, you know that? Oh, yeah. But she heard. said, I knew Beyonce's Super Bowl jacket would come in handy. <laughs> and I'm like, did you order it from her? Like, is it her? Like, give me some extra intel, girl, because girl, we got it automatically. Still, I'm, I, I'm ready for the Super Bowl. I haven't found a place to wear my Beyonce Super Bowl outfit yet, but I've been in quarantine most of the time. Yeah, that's understandable. That yeah. is. And I, I, I can't wait for you to <laughs> yeah. to be able to, to do that now quickly before we get to the important things of the fight and the conversation with the women who splits are you really getting excited for? Is it Lisa's? 
is it Whitney's or is it Kyle's still? Is she your reigning champ? Because people are really like, I like Whitney's splits, but something about that helicopter Kyle does with that hair. Yeah, you know what I got to say? I don't think Whitney was copying Kyle at all, but I think like, you know, Lisa's not even in the competition. Uh, but yeah, I think, <laughs> I think give that to Kyle. Like, you know, because you want, you know, she can't just be remembered for her old man hands. You got to have it for the split, you know? So yeah, uh, I think, I think give that to Kyle. Let her have that. And because Whitney, is she has her whole housewives career in you know in front of her you know to make so her mark yeah she'll she'll make plenty of marks you know so yeah. i uh, kyle i'm happy to give kyle that and she's definitely already given me some you there oh. hey you cut out for a sec as that she is going to pull genocide at her husband's party time and place we love it um no such thing on housewives no decorum and she has her cousin with her i think for emotional and moral support but also for textual support because Whitney is shit-faced it's bad and she says <laughs> three times you know me I'm a straight shooter you know I have to say it like it is and I'm like well you're not saying it like it is nor are you shooting straight you are shooting very wavy and very tequila laced so but, you know and I just love the producers like they're like Hey, yeah, Whitney, now's the time. You got this, Whitney. Good you got time. it. She's like, yeah, yes. okay, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And it was like liquid courage that went completely, like just completely wrong. And I almost can't blame Jen for her initial reaction. I do think that everything else became a lot very quickly, but her getting revved up because she can't get it out of Whitney of what in the hell is she even talking about? She's thinking, okay, what is it? What are they talking about? Who are you? What is going on? Like, what is it? And Heather just kind of out and says it. Yeah, they're scared of you. And when he's like, I was going to say it. And Heather's like, but you weren't, honey. You weren't. And you didn't. And then Jen kind of loses it after she brings in the women and she's like you guys are afraid of me and i don't think she was so upset that they were saying they were afraid of her i think it was the implication that they were talking to mary behind jen's back about jen and i think it was already setting up to be a very shallow yet impactful fight and discussion amongst the women and then whitney does something i frankly have never seen in all my years of watching Housewife is when she decides that she is going to go from stirring the pot in favor of one person to counterclockwise stirring it in favor of the other person she just threw under the bus. She tells <laughs> Jen, Meredith and Lisa are talking about you and I'm your friend, so I'm going to tell you. And yeah. then she turns around and says, and Meredith, I am your friend and Jen's been talking about you behind your back. And I was like, this is, we're all thinking about Jen, but that right there is important. Something is in Whitney that make, lets me know she will be here long-term. She has what oh, it takes yeah. to be oh, here. I mean, I thought that a couple episodes of watching uh, how she dealt with her dad. I was like, oh, she's a lot stronger than anybody is giving her credit for because of the baby voice. Um, and I think, uh, and it was funny watching Heather like step six feet away on that. Heather oh my just gosh, like- Oh my gosh, she was, like, no, that's disengaging. She was like, yeah. I am hiding. She's like, <laughs> I, like I'll, be a sing, I'll be a single writer over here, you know? 
she hid from the drama and i think that is adorable and it's very relatable and i dm'd with heather because i did a poll on my housewives or on my instagram of who everyone's MVP was. And I lined them all up and I gave people options and I paired them up against each other really well. Heather came out victorious about three different times, uh, two, three rounds. And so I was like, she's our girl. And I said, Heather, I have to tell you, I think we all would hide. As much as we love the housewives, I think a lot of us, more than we would like to admit, would be the ones to be like, oh, I'm going to sit over here from afar, <laughs> but things might go flying. So I'm going to dip. I don't want to be involved. <laughs> In that. Yeah, I mean, I hope Heather feels all the love coming uh, for her. And I, I mean, I genuinely hope she's really uh, enjoying this time. And, and I hope she's getting really good things about it because I really do think she's just genuinely seems like a very good person from what I've seen on the show, you know? Who deserves a man who will allow her to watch movies and have her own opinions? And have a glory hole, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, without you know, withholding sex for yes, them not exactly. being the ones. He Ima has. Imagine being a man and like using withholding sex is like, I mean, like, and then you have to really take a long, deep look at yourself in the mirror of like, does anybody give a shit if I withhold sex? You know, like, yes. And my wife is so debaucherous, but I married her. So, what does it say about me again? But what did you think of? You know. I thought this fight was pretty shallow, felt very like shallow sand, yeah. but they needed something. And I understand that they have a very short season. I'm really annoyed about it. Only 13 episodes and they already shot the reunion, but they needed a big central controversy. And I love that it's about Mary and Mary isn't even there, but it was the emphatic delivery from Lisa for me. That was, I am not afraid of you. Look at me. I'm not afraid of you. And I'm like, is it an insult that someone's afraid of you? I think she's just more upset that y'all are talking to Mary at all. I think but, that's what it is. But also it's very, um, you know, seeing how fast uh, Jen reacts to everything, it's completely within the realm of uh, the realm of like a correct uh, opinion of being scared of her. Like she's had behavior yeah. that would be, I mean, I have friends that I'm not scared <laughs> of them. Like if I need to, but like, do I want to add that to my life? No, I'd rather leave it alone, you know? The juxtaposition of Jen being upset that people are saying they're afraid of her while people are saying they're not afraid of her and be like, I promise I'm not afraid of you. And then to watch Jen become, by definition, something to be afraid of is yeah. not beyond me. I mean, she throws a glass. I'd be afraid of that. She's yelling at them. I'd be afraid of that. She's yelling at Whitney. I'd be afraid of that. She goes inside and starts yelling at her husband for no reason. I'd be afraid of that. Then she's like starting to curse and being like, these bitches and these motherfuckers and they're coming after me and they're doing all this at my husband's party. I'm like, yeah, but you are also now doing something at your husband's party. And then she has to leave uh, her husband's party with her son who has to escort her home and calm her down in a car. I'd be afraid of that. So... Yeah, that they can't, be afraid of her? That can't be in the cell. That can't be in the self-help books on what to do that she says. Yeah, she's I'm reading. pretty sure Mary may or may not be on to something. But the real question is, do we think that they did have a conversation with Mary? Uh yeah, I do. I mean, I but I think it would have also just like in a, in in like very small passing, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Like, I don't think it's yeah. like anything huge, you know? Like, Kevin I don't is think. Like, well, I don't really want to upset her. Yeah, like, like, something like that. Like, nothing. You know <gasps> innocuous conversations we ha- like, I have with people on a daily or even like a, a DM, like an innocuous conversation is like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Tamara, Tamara, I had what, like, Tam- oh, yeah, Tamara doesn't have a belly button. Yeah, LOL. Like, that's an innocuous. I'll say that like 20 times today because of something I posted. Like, you know, it's within the realm of possibility. They said all this stuff and just like, you say a lot of things, you know? Mm hmm. I, I, I don't think that they were like, you know what? We can't say anything to Jen. She's totally unreasonable and she's like unhinged. But I also think though it wasn't presented to her this way, unless we don't know something that was additionally said, I do think that Jen took it that way. And it wasn't just that it was that they were talking to Mary about her behind her back. And I think she just wants to be in a world where everyone feels about Mary the same way she does for whatever reason, could be about the hospital comment, could be about the Black people at 7-Eleven comment, also could just be that Mary was a friend of, and all of a sudden, the show that was built a little bit around Jen, it seems, as the Queen Bee, then gets offered to this woman because she wasn't enough, and there's some kind of insecurity there as well. However, I think Jen also took it as maybe they were saying for some reason, and I don't want to assign something to it that it isn't, any stereotype or anything like that, but for some reason, these two women are so afraid of Jen and what Jen could do and that she's violent and aggressive, to which I say, I'm not going to call you out your name, violent or aggressive, but I mean, glasses did fly, and I did not really see you do a full inventory of what was in the line of fire or like your pitch direction, like how far is it going to go or anything like that impact, you know, just the physics of it all. But I will say that just because they, if they did think that, Jen, I mean, Lisa and Meredith strike me as women who would be scared of a lot of things. Like that doesn't feel that sinister to me it doesn't feel like it's that big of an insult um because jen scary as she might be i feel like those women would just fold regardless <laughs> to yeah. a lot of people yeah i mean completely i mean you're you're completely right i mean there's no i mean i i just i i at this point think like where else do we go with this at this point you know like i mean i feel like that was a kind of it'll be curious because I feel like, oh man, like every episode seems like kind of like that could have been like a season finale, you know? Yeah. Uh, what number are we on? I think we have like four left Yeah, or something someone's told we, me. I wonder if it'll be two or three reunions. I think we'll definitely do two. I don't think they'll stretch out to three. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's anything there for three, but I also think I'm glad they've given out contracts immediately because I want to get going right now. I want to get going right now. As soon as they finish from that reunion, I want a camera on the ground in Utah now to figure out where these women still stand with each other after that reunion. Because I think that's the only way we're going to get any real conflict from them from now on. Yeah. I mean, it has to be authentic. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like sometimes people, they, they're already shooting and they don't let us know even without, I mean, like, I just feel like I wonder sometimes how much we really even know. And I just feel like there's been so much time since when they started filming to when they stopped filming to now because of COVID and all of that stuff that I would be interested. I don't know. I feel like they should have a very solid, they've had enough time to have a very solid plan in place. I agree. And I've heard that their contracts have gone out but I've also heard that Jen is like loosely on the chopping block. And I don't know if that makes sense. I don't think you should change anything in your first season. I think that 
Yeah, because we don't know enough about how they are. They need to see themselves on TV. I believe that. I think you have to see yourself on TV first. I would also say for people who like to go and re-binge stuff or re-watch stuff, look at Monique Samuels season three of Potomac when she kind of first got there or season two rather when she first got there and how her and her husband had a lot of forced scenes of dates and it was doing and we love each other we make time for each other all the time and then we see now this season season five things change and they absolutely cannot uphold the front anymore and honestly <laughs> it caused Monique to snap so I think that it's important to see women outside of the first season I don't think they should change anything regardless of how I feel about Jen I think she is necessary for the show right now and I think that the chemistry of the cast still needs to be built but for right now it makes sense I want to see everyone who's meant to be full-time be full-time so we get like a real drama from them and I want yeah. more explanations because we got way too many things spotty you know in confessionals like Jen is telling us in the scene Mary made this comment about my about my my aunt and then in a confessional two weeks later we hear but actually she may or may not be an internal racist. And I'm like, can we get that in real time? Like, where is that in the actual luncheon? I want that conversation. And then let's expand on it. And you know what? This is what I have to say to Bravo. Y'all gonna stop putting these tiny little tidbits of the Mormon lifestyle in the confessionals. Stop swinging by me that people think that Whitney's a swinger. I want it talked about. I want the real, they just drop it. Oh yeah, but, we used but, to have but, a bunch of wives. See, I go back and forth on that too because, but then I'm like, okay, but we got, that's that's season two stuff. You got to leave some things for like, okay, there was a hint drop there. You're getting Whitney comfortable. You're, you know, she's obviously already said she is. Well, she seems once. ready to talk. She seems she, like she, said came she comfortable. She said, she said she is not a swinger. And then one of the first, like mm -hmm. the third episode, she said that. So yeah, she did. I think in the second season, I think that's like a really good chance for that kind of stuff to come out. So I'm not willing to pass judgment until I see a second season, because I think you do have to leave some things for the future. And I, I have a high hopes that that will be one of them. Okay, Ryan, you have convinced me. I mean, I was going to watch regardless. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but sure, yeah. for for every <laughs> single time Heather tells me anything in the confessional about her husband, again, it built up this thing for me for the longest time. And then I see him and I'm just like, oh, girl, you are better <laughs> off. Like, And then I'm just like, I want a whole story about him. I want a whole story about Whitney and these. It's like, oh, yeah, they used to have two houses next to each other. And they were like, you know say it through the kidney bean can that the marshals are coming and to put the wives in the basement or some shit. And I'm like, I have questions. Yeah. How long that's why, that's why I love on? That's, I mean, but see, that's why I think it's like what, just the, the fact that you have all of those thoughts is such a good sign that this show is really on the right track. When yes, you want I, so much more, you're like, okay, yes. then obviously, because like OC, I'm like, I, I could deal with not knowing anything more about any of those ladies' lives, including Bronwyn anymore. Like, I don't, I want to square, I want to, like, like, let's start from scratch entirely. I don't want to know any more about anybody there. Like, everybody Yeah, is I'm like interested in, I would only come back, honestly, if that Noella girl comes back. And that's mainly because, again, she has means of transportation in the air that seem to be hers. And I just want to jet on housewives. I just think we deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, we put in a lot of our dues. We've had a lot of poor people. We've set through casitas. We deserve well, I mean, a jet. Get ready. Get ready for Tiffany on Dallas, you know? Oh, uh, my queen. Uh, my 
Coween, and that is exactly what I'm about to get into. I have a, a segment that was sponsored and produced by um, at she starting on Instagram, also known as Lily. Great account. People should really follow her. But she sponsored the segment that I have with um, Asians who watch Bravo on Instagram, who I just wanted to talk to about this season because they didn't give me any other choice. They didn't let me watch anything else on Dallas, literally, but Brandy, this stupid apology, this like really drawn out thing where the women are just so hurt for Brandy. And the whole idea of Miss Dr. Tiffany Moon, excuse me, I'm going to refer to her as Dr. Moon for the entirety of her stay on our channel. Dr. Moon comes in and it's like, it's a lot like the kid who hits the other kid and then starts crying because they hit the kid. And yeah. I was like, wow, make it plain. That's in me working with children. I was like, yes, this a thousand percent happens. And I, it's immediately, like I've had, a, I've said this story before. I've had a kid, his name is Luke and we were at the pool and this was the summertime and he hits Jason, just slaps him square across the face. It's great. And uh, it's not great that it happened. It's great that it happened to me. And so he slapped him across the face and I'm looking and I'm like, Luke, no. And he just looks at me and the other kid who gets hit looks at me and the kid who slapped him, Luke just starts bawling. And I am like, what are you doing? It makes you pause at yelling at them. And I say that story to say, because I'm like, I can't now yell at this person because they're crying and they're not going to receive the yeah. criticism and the scolding. And I wonder if I don't put it on a five-year-old that that was their intention, but I'm looking at a 40-year-old and looking at her if it's that if it's that's possibly her intention. She we can't yell at her. No one can if she's crying her eyes yeah. out. And so, and I don't like the fact that it had to disarm Miss Dr. Moon, but I don't want to speak, you know, on behalf of you know a community that I have I know how I felt about it. I was offended by everything that happened in the video and Bravo's decision just let this air this way. But I got a little bit of an expertise on it. So that is what I'm talking about next with Dallas are you going to be watching this season I am I mean I don't have a okay. lot of a, a life and you know I, yeah I, I mean no, me no, too no, no. no I mean also you know, I'm here for Dr. Moon she's giving I don't, me good no, vibes. I gotta say Dr. Moon I I really was insanely impressed and intimidated by from a first episode love so I that can't wait to hear <laughs> I can't wait to to uh to see more from her I really I mean really I thought she was great I do think it's interesting that we're having a lot of <laughs> You know, we're in the season of like uh, casting people to teach other people about how to treat other people. That does think, feel uh, like we should create I, some pause. I think I think it's Please interesting don't do that, that again. We're, we're in we're in that kind. Of, but hey, but by the way, if it makes Brandy actually realize why her behavior was wrong, I mean, like. I, nobody should be a lesson for anybody, but it seems like some of these people aren't going to really learn. So like take it to the streets, you know, you're like, also right it, about that. There was never going to be a way for Brandy to kind of for the cast that we have and the way we see them respond. She was never going to learn a thing with these girls, if not for Dr. Moon being there. And at the very least, it should not be her responsibility to educate a grown ass woman to do anything, or at least at the very least, just not be racist or stereotypical or anything of that nature. But at least Dr. Moon gets an opportunity to get paid to flaunt her wealth. And I'm into that. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy of that with her. Yeah. And so I can't wait to re hear more about her story. And, you know, I'll get more into Dallas, you know, after the break. But before we go, Ryan, please tell the people 
where they can now get through their COVID quarantines <laughs> and stuff. Because we've now convinced them all to stay inside. Because I yeah. think that we did a good job. We've given them great yes. content to do so. Content. Stay inside, do your little walks with yeah. yourself or yes. whatever. Okay. Yeah. Where can they find you to get even um, more content? Because, I mean, girl, it's premium out there. Premium, yeah. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey's, the Instagram account. Uh, so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey's, also the podcast. Just hit subscribe because there's uh, I'm behind on everything because of my uh, being sick. So uh, in about a week, I think I start on a different format, which uh, I do a long form podcast. There's timestamps, but I'll be going to a short form podcast. And I've already started doing that a little bit last week. I had a couple episodes. So just subscribe everything. If you subscribe, things just show directly up in your feed. It's just a really easy way. And then if you don't like it, just unsubscribe. And it's super simple. And I would say that for Monty as well as me too, is that, you know, we both have Patreons. Uh, if you have that money, great. But if you don't, because times are tough, the best thing that you can do for either of us is give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's a really simple yeah. way to show that you support um, really, I, honestly, it only takes like three or four seconds, but only if you dig it, but it does, um, but it does help. So consider doing that. Um, but other than that, yeah, like the Instagram account is where to find everything. I think there's like a link tree on there that can direct you to everywhere, but yeah, just, uh, 2021 let's, I guess let's get into it. Listen, a few things have good have happened. I got a hundred thousand downloads on the yes. podcast. So thank y'all for that. And I finally hit 10K, which means y'all, we can be lazy. And now when I post in my stories about the podcast, we can just swipe up. We love that. <laughs> I'm just here for making everyone more comfortable and a little mm. lazier because life is hard and we work harder. So yeah. See, I, re I realize I'm not lazy. I'm just disorganized. Like I work yes. really hard. I'm just very disorganized and everything. I'm a I, true tourist. So when I'm in motion, I'm in motion. And when I am relaxed, I cannot be in motion. You must release me to be the lazy. Um, <laughs> so I, I just that's who I am and I'm fine with it. I have a lot of self-awareness and self-love. So that being said, Ryan, also this self loves you. Thank you so much Thank for you. coming I love on. You. I had a great time. Me. Yeah, I, I, you're my uh, first podcast of 2021. So it's good luck. Yay! So, um, so thank you so much. And, and thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today and, and keep supporting Monty. That's it, you know? Yes. Thank you all so much again for listening. And coming up next again, I have um, Asians who watch Bravo on the pod to talk Dallas and all things over there. So stay tuned. We are reaching the end of the show and I'm having so much fun with my guests this week. And if you are too, guess what? I'm butting in to let you know you can join the Patreon for Mixing with Monty if you need a little bit of additional content to brighten up your day or if you want to hear more guests, more hot takes. We are doing a recap monthly of Orange County season four, the inaugural season of Gretchen back when she had a very rich older fiance and back when Tamara may or may not have been a good housewife. And the reason I miss her now, question mark, Mm, we don't know. Also, weekly recaps of The Bachelorette if you're on that journey with me and Tasha, and weekly Bravo Hot Topics. If you've been wondering where the hot topics are, that is where they are over at the Patreon. We have multiple levels as low as $5 up to VIP Mixologist and more. Um, a lot of fun content, a lot of great guests, guests you love here on the regular pod and Bravo fan accounts, other memers, other podcasters, that and so much more over at patreon.com slash mixing with Monty. Come mix with us. Back to the show. 
All right, guys, as promised, I am here with Asians who watch Bravo on Instagram. And um, like I was explaining before, this segment is being produced by Lily from the At She's Starting um, podcast on Instagram as well, because Lily had the great idea that instead of just simply talking about the shows that we love and the new characters that we get to see play out every day, and yes, I call Housewives characters because how could you not? Um, We should be focusing a lot of our attention and creating more space for the people of color who not only are represented on the screen, but also are watching. And that is exactly what we're going to do here today. And we're going to talk about the premiere with Asians who love Bravo. And I'm just so excited you are here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. So hi, everyone. I'm at Asians Who Watch Bravo. Um, I feel like I'm like kind of like at an anonymous meeting, like, hi, everyone. Um, I'm a Bravo yes. edit. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm addicted to Bravo. Um, and it's like, okay, welcome. We are all too. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I found this uh, community because I, otherwise would be very bored in this pandemic. Right. But thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored and a little bit nervous so bear with me if I'm stutter or use the word like a lot so um yeah I am here and have a lot of thoughts about Real Housewives of Dallas and it's probably to be expected um yes I so the first episode in its full premiered this week um yes we did get our premiere yeah Um, I honestly, I didn't even remember it was coming on. And I think that has a lot to do with the holidays, but also Bravo historically does not promote Dallas well. And I've always wondered, I'm like, if you don't promote Dallas well, then why have it? And it's no shade of like the the franchise as a whole. I do think that, you know, we're we're entering a very like precarious time and weird territory with the current cast that we have there's yeah. gonna be probably a lot of backlash and a lot of heat for this season already mm-hmm. but it's like if you're going to have it we don't ever hear them talk about it they never tell us they'll play the previews or something in the middle of late 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 night shows at 11 yeah. 12 o'clock and it's always just felt like okay so then if the viewership is so low that's part like largely in part because of the amount of people oh, the amount of awareness because yeah. the original ratings for this uh, premiere episode or the sneak peek the early premiere was not even 300,000 so that means people were not or not more than 300,000 so that means people were not very excited right I can't imagine why <laughs> after seeing it I know right it's such a mystery I don't know why people wouldn't be excited to see racist people on tv yeah especially when they like to tell you know one in particular cast member who happens to be the more obvious person of color on the cast um, yeah Carrie technically is also one in nationality but is again like I've listened to my podcast before she is a white presenting woman so you know there are very there's very yeah. big differences, but the most obvious person of color on the show would be Dr. Tiffany Moon. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it was like to have your first, like your inaugural scenes, just you being the minority, both in number and mm-hmm. in ethnicity in the room mm-hmm. and being told how to feel about it. it, it maybe also, even before we get into that, Mm-hmm. the responsibility that Dr. Moon had to take on of answering for something that wasn't, you know, didn't pertain to her. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. It wasn't as if like with Leanne, 
who was constantly attacking Carrie because right, of her nationality. Right, right. Brandy's video, abhorrent, and this is not an excuse of what she did, mm-hmm. but she wasn't directing this at Dr. Moon. Yeah, This exactly. had nothing to do with Dr. Moon. It was right. before Dr. Moon. So for Dr. Right. Moon to come on and answer for every Asian's feelings about mm-hmm. this video, it, this is, to me, I thought it was just like, what do you, what do you expect? What do you want from her? For her to absolve you of all yeah, like, exactly. wrongdoing? I mean, she's not like a priest who's going to be like, I absolve you of your sins. Now go say yes, hail Mary. You are now something. good with all the Asians. Now it's I okay. You. you are forgiven. You can do it again. It's fine. Yeah, go for it. All good. Yeah. No worries. I'm going to talk to all of Asia. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know, 30 something percent of the entire world population. I'm just going <laughs> to send them in a the group chat. Yeah. Let them know. We're good. Don't worry. And I said I was sorry. Okay. That's basically what she <laughs> said. I was sorry. That's such a like, it's kind of like how Brandy Glanville on Real Size of Beverly Hills would do something. And oh, I said, man. I was sorry. And I'm like, mm, that's, no, you can't be like, do something fucked up and be like, I said, I was sorry. Like, yeah, that's not the way that that works. So exactly. we're still, yeah. So the official premiere ratings, not the sneak peek, the official ones is 337. Uh, so 337,000 roughly live. So if you combine that with the early premiere, that still doesn't put you at more than a quarter or three quarters of a million viewers, which is right around the largest viewed episode of Dallas to date, which was Leanne's wedding. And it was like about 645,000 live or something like that, which again, promotion and everything like that. And I yeah. can't imagine how you would have promoted this season because out of the gate, you're dealing with racism and right after that, we're dealing with, do we respect COVID? <laughs> And all in all, people are like, well, the last thing we really want to do is deal with racism and COVID at the same time. Again, because we're already doing it on OC, right? Like right, right. Already something people are just loving. It's so much fun. We're having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about the episode. I mean, the first off, to carry, not carry, I'm excuse me, Carrie Marin to have, um, garage sale and she wasn't wearing a mask and nobody was really wearing a mask right I'm just that like, concerned me uh, I don't know if that was so needed right. right now and I mean can she sell this shit online I mean yeah I, why do you need a garage sale at all especially in this community where apparently everyone was like garage sale huh like yeah they're, they're like they don't understand the concept of what right and you're not even selling your house anymore. So if your house is no longer on the market, yeah. what is the purpose of just doing this when you can just, you know, do it on eBay, put it to charity, something like that. And yes, like you said, she wasn't wearing a mask. And, you know, Stephanie made a point to say in the episode, we're taking it very seriously. We're constantly getting tested. Okay, well, you can get infected right after you get tested. That's also right. a thing. And right. also you can be a silent carrier or having a bunch of people come to your house when you are filming a show with other women who don't always wear masks and stuff. So want to be respectful of the cast as well like everybody mm-hmm. who is coming isn't constantly getting tested or we don't right. know where they've been and stuff it just doesn't seem like with everyone else who doesn't need to have a group a group gathering of more than like eight people to have a garage sale yeah when people are going to come because they know they're being filmed like they, they right. want to go yeah like, what else of course they're not quarantine? going because if they like are like i want to go to a garage sale i mean like yeah also these prices that. weren't like you know five to fifteen dollars that like usually how garage sales are yeah. they're like designer items i'm like there was no steel fine what was it she selling that was like she got it for like sixty thousand dollars or something oh the bed 
oh the yeah bed was like an obscene amount of money and I was like oh girl no one else is gonna want that in their house but you I promise yeah seriously um maybe you should just keep it I don't know just like keep it. just yeah. keep it <laughs> I mean you have enough rooms in your house you could like make a makeshift guest room or bedroom I mean yes exactly so let's start at the very very beginning mm-hmm. what were your overall thoughts on Dr. Moon as a whole like her introduction to her Am I am I okay to stand? Because I'm gonna I'm I'm standing. I stand her so hard. Okay, awesome. she is a great queen. Um, I actually like talked to her on Instagram from time to time, and she's so nice and so gracious and so cool. Yes. Like she's so down to earth. And you would think someone who's accomplished so much, and then she's also beautiful and on a show now. You would and think she'd be hell. a little bit mm-hmm. like uh, she is rich, honey. <laughs> like rich, rich. She's very rich, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> She is actually, actually has money. Um, not so much like has not money like uh, the other wives on the housewives. But that's neither here nor there. But um, so I stand her. She is a queen. And I mean, she is every Asian mom and dad's dream of what they want their child to accomplish. And it's just, and it's kind of like she got, she graduated college at 19 from Cornell. And then she graduated medical school Boom. at 23. I'm like, people graduate college at 23. Yeah, so, me. I was people. <laughs> like, like yeah, I was way too so like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take my time. And now I'm, I'm, I'm out and I'm working on my second degree, but I am not anywhere like Miss Dr. Moon over there who is out here accomplishing. And you yeah. know what? I think she actually even gives, I, I like that we saw Potomac before this. And it gave us precedent because a lot of people gave Dr. Wendy a lot of, you know, slack for constantly mentioning her four degrees. But I think that, you know, from a perspective of someone who is, I I myself am not an an immigrant or a child of immigrants. And I've made this argument before just because I know people who are in different African communities and are Mm -hmm. like Dr. Wendy. What it means to your parents to have these accomplishments is something that I think that you only really get if you are adjacent to that community or you know what it's like you know to be Mm -hmm. a kid of immigrants and what they've had to give up for you to have this which is largely in part why Dr. Wendy was constantly bringing up her accomplishments and I want nothing more than for Dr. Moon to do the same thing I want her to throw it and these bitches faces left and right I want her to be like let me tell you something it is Dr. Moon yeah you may refer to me as my title and I actually was not annoyed with Dr. Wendy talking about her or Jacob I'm like hell yeah if I had four degrees you oh, better no. believe I would talk about it all the time <laughs> yeah if <laughs> I was a news high school diploma it, be like yeah I'm gonna fucking talk about it. like what the fuck are you doing I'd be like right I about all the time so I hope Dr. Moon talks about it all the time and she is amazing so the episode kind of just starts off with um Tiffany, Dr. Moon coming to Mama D's house. And I thought it was really cute that Mama D was like so loving on Dr. Moon because, you know, it's good to see the, like her being like, you're like my daughter. And and they obviously don't look alike or don't have the same color skin. Um, but right. I think and that the was so made it very clear that Dr. Moon is the preferred. Yeah, she <laughs> is. She's like, oh, that's because she doesn't sit around and eat donuts. And I was like, oh. yeah. And also because she makes her own money. And I think that's the whole point. Like we're introduced to DeAndre again. And Mama D is very, uh, she's very tricky for me because I love her, but she's like, I see my daughter was working really hard. So I decided to give her a lot of money again to help her with her business that I started 
and that is the yeah. company that is my legacy. I'm gonna help her make sure she maintains it, and like to just hold the purse strings over her head, and then be like, well, Dr. Moon, on the other hand, you know, she has coin yeah. and <laughs> doesn't need me or anyone else. So exactly, and you know, at the end of the day, Deandra, whether she has access to it or not, she does have the security of having um, a trust fund. Right. So, I mean, she's not going to actually ever go hungry and she doesn't have to worry about that. So, nope, not at all. That. <laughs> um, I mean, whatever people want to give to their children, that's totally their choice. But I don't love how Deandra talks about her financial struggles as if she really doesn't have anywhere to like, if she got her house taken away and she had to sell her house, she could probably move into a gigant, Mama D's gigantor as house and nobody would even know if she's there. Right, I see what you're saying. There is a safety net there that a lot of people who are building their own businesses and things don't necessarily have, especially considering Deandra's business is technically a spinoff of her mom's business and empire anyway. And yes, she's had to make a lot of cuts and people have had had to do a lot of downsizing and restructuring. But that's also largely in part because Mama D, again, is a very tricky woman to get to love, to get love from, like to get any kind of support from, you kind of have to prove something to her. But that Mm -hmm. to me is a risk that Deandra took when she chose to take over her mom's businesses and not maintain only her lifestyle that she was working for, you know, here in DC. Like she decided to do that and you've known your mother all your life. Mm-hmm. So if it was always tough to get your mom's affection and love and purse and, and money from her, it's probably going to stay the same because I promise you Mama D's not changing now. Not anytime no, soon. No, no. Uh, she's set in her ways and she's just never going to not be set in her ways. So I think that's that. But yeah, that was another, we could talk about that other situation. I find Mama D fascinating. Um, I find her <laughs> dynamic with Deandra fascinating. Um so yeah, so Tiffany, you know, she comes in looking gorgeous. She was in the OR all day. I'm like, I don't, okay. The fuck? And she looks like that. I was like, okay. She's like, yeah, I'm just in the OR all day, and you know, I took a shower. And here I'm I still am. in my jammies, and I'm it's like, three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, same. I look like that too. I mean, I'm not even in the OR, but she comes in. Um, she's talking about just talking about a little bit things about she's how she's on certain boards, and Tiffany, uh, Deandra's like only smart people are on that so at least <laughs> that's kind of funny um so yeah and then out of nowhere Deandra's it kind of seems like out of nowhere Deandra's like so have you seen the video and yeah this concerned me because yeah. we're having a casual lunch and I understand it's likely producer driven and that's the only yeah, thing of that's happening with Housewives this year is that they're in the the producer driven conversations are very obvious and apparent. I've seen it and said it on Atlanta. It's very clear it's happening here. And it's mainly because they don't have a lot that they can do outside of with each other. So they kind of have to make sure that the conversation is constantly starting. And, but to that being said, if I, if they didn't say it, in the first episode, people would have a very big issue Uh, if they would have let Brandy go on. Right. And what actually like kind of annoyed me in the beginning of the episode and Bravo sometimes does this, you know, they'll put out in like a little excerpt being like, we do not, we have Bravo do not condone the behavior or the actions of mm-hmm. person A, person B. I kind of wish that they put in there, but I know that they can't be like play favorites, but it kind of does seem like they're playing favorites with Brandy, but. I mean, yeah, no, they can play a little bit of favorites when it comes to denouncing 
racism, right. especially. And this is where, like, I, I keep, I, I get off in a lot of people's, you know, comments. Brandy mm-hmm. made such a production of Leanne last season. And this <sighs> is what people are talking about with performative yeah. activism. They saw that everybody online and everything was like, this is abhorrent. They saw the way it looked on TV once it was edited. I mean, even if they didn't see people's comments and stuff online, it just looked terrible because it was terrible. Right, right. It was, it was terrible. And, and Leanne just kept piloting on, piling it on. And just and kept saying they, it. Right. And then when we saw the the real, like the recap of it this season, I was like, oh my God, like it really was terrible. Like it was so no, yeah. bad. And then for Brandy to make this big production of like casting her off and putting her on the side and putting Moving her in out chair. I'm like, okay, so you weren't wrong, but copy paste to you. Like, yeah, exactly. You need to also abide by your own rules. She definitely did that as a deflection <laughs> tactic, I think, because she probably knew at one point this video probably would resurface. And she'd be like, see, I can't be racist. I'm, look at, look at me. I'm like, no, you should not be racist against like all races, but that what it means to be not racist, but it's not like semi-racist, it's racism is racism. So yeah, Deandra being like, so have you seen the video? And then Tiffany Stace just goes, I think she kind of was like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't want to talk about this right now. Yeah, she was like, I'm here for lunch. And yeah, we're I came here to drink your expensive champagne and then go home in like my Rolls Royce. So um, yeah, to my family and not have yeah. to, you know, have this energy before I see my kids and after working a, you know, however many hour shift. And then probably like going back to the OR that following night and being like, why am I here? But um, and also, why does Brianna, why does Deandre and Mama D feel that they need somehow to a cape for Brandy mm-hmm. and b make sure that Tiffany doesn't have any negative feelings towards Brandy? Like, what makes you think that this doctor doesn't have the emotional intelligence? to and and also as a person of color who's used to dealing with you know right. racist bullshit right. doesn't have the emotional intelligence to formulate opinions about people on her own without you stepping mm-hmm. in like what makes you think she would not have already separated the two or that right. she would hold brandy in a regard of like okay i'm keeping her at a distance but like let me be the judge like why do you think you needed to be like hey we just want to make sure that you like our white mm-hmm. friends who may have done something wrong to like your community and but she's so sorry and we know it we just yeah know. and she's a christian so you should just so, get over it yeah that was fantastic as if there are no asians who are christians yeah and Hello, have- I come from a big Catholic family. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <Shut up>. awesome. <laughs> and if, if that Christians haven't been racist before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> that was oh very cute. I'm like, you do know almost all of slavery. Oh, you like, cute. <laughs> pop, pop, like, largely funded by Bible beliefs, like biblical beliefs. Whether or not they're actually true and their interpretation was wrong is one thing. But yeah. that's like, a, like, like, slavery had a lot of Christian roots and they use the Bible a lot. So they use that Bible. absolutely be bigots. Yeah. Yes. Lord, Lord is telling me I can be racist. Um, no. Okay. So I guess, you know, I don't talk about religion and I don't talk to people about religion and I don't use it to excuse. I'm not, I'm not a particularly religious person myself, even though I was raised in a big family. So I don't try to bring that in on my actions with people being like, you know, because I was raised Catholic, I can be mean, you know, because God will forgive me. That's, that's yeah, literally I'm like, also so sorry. And because I'm so sorry. And because I'm a Christian, I am now totally, totally absolved. absolved. And yeah, 
I wonder, and I, I would love to get your opinion on this. Do you think that Brandy's apologies or reactions, especially that we see later on at Stephanie's house, would have been better received by the audience and even by Dr. Moon if so much intervention wasn't like didn't happen like if people weren't constantly stepping up to Dr. Moon and being like hey girl putting you on the spot here can you just forgive Brandy since you're the Asian here can you just forgive her so we can move on as a group and all have fun okay got it thanks okay um no I don't think if Brandy really came to it on her own and she reached out to Brandy, maybe on the phone, be like, I know we're going to be filming together. I don't know if they can break that fourth wall, but if she got her phone number and reached out to her and been like, um, before we meet, I really want to talk to you about the video, maybe at a lunch on one-on-one, not so performative in front of everybody at mm. table of all white women and people being like, so how did you feel about the video? And I think you should go talk to Brandy. You know, it's, yeah, and you know she's so sorry. Did you know that? Because we, she, she's so sorry. Like they all spoke for her before Brandy even got a chance yeah. to even speak for herself and yeah. allow Dr. Moon the courtesy of deciding when she wants to talk about it if she does at all. Yeah, you know what? She could have just gone the season without talking. She's like, I don't want to fucking talk about it. I thought it was fucked up, and I don't have to give grace to Brandy. And okay, what we're talking about, um, Leanne's montage. It was. It was so gross and so fucked up, but like that edit was not being given to Brandy. Like she was given a sympathetic edit with this music and these tears and these like, yes, like, I'm so sorry. And you know, Stephanie being like, you made one mistake. I'm like, no, no. And, and this is where I'm like, Stephanie, uh, girl, like it is shush, the- shush, 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 shush. Just like, shut up. <laughs> it is because you are a Christian that you should absolutely make the effort of leading with grace but not with excuse like you can forgive someone and still very much so be like this isn't really my apology to take and as your friend I think it is you should do the right thing and you should reach out to Tiffany before we you know get into a group and I would have actually loved to see them do kind of like the edit that we got in the first episode of Atlanta where they, you know, talked about the events of the yeah. summer and Portia's activism before they got into the frivolity of everything else, right. which obviously is still being worked into the the, the pipeline of the stories. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we're going to address the elephant in the room first. I would have loved that they had shown us Brandy and uh, Tiffany talking about it maybe first or early, or I don't know, I don't know if it'd be impossible, but Brandy meeting with one of the women who were going to hold her accountable and be like, hey, as your friend, we need to figure out how to make sure that this woman even wants to film with us because she's not yeah. part of like this circle and we need to probably do the right thing. And I, 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 post, I put it on my stories. Absolutely, you can be best friends with someone and hold them accountable and be like, hey yeah. girl, this isn't it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't know why they're all so scared of Brandy. I'm like, does she have something on all right. of you? I'm like, Stephanie, like, you can take Brandy down. I mean, you can, I mean, not take her down, but you can hold her accountable and be like, what you did was fucked up. Um, I'm still your friend, but you need to say you're legitimately sorry. And, you know, like that, well, you're just talking about Alana getting um, the interview scenes and, you know, the Black background and mm-hmm. being very harrowing and being very serious with the producers asking questions. It's kind of reminds me of like, you know, the last season of Beverly Hills when they all were like, it was so dramatic. Kyle was like, it started out so fun. And then it came to this and like, 
Denise mm. sits down in the green screen and they're like, all right, are you ready to talk about this? I wish they did the same exact thing with Brandy being like, all right, are you ready to talk about this? No, they just like went right into it. Like it was like right. awesome Dallas and this, you know, starting off with like a, basically a pink garage sale and then them at someone's house. And then they're like all sitting around in their swimsuit gear. I mean, like, what was your rose and your thorn basically of your week or of the whole pandemic? And then Brandy, like, it's all of a sudden it gets so serious, but she's crying. And then she's like, I have to like go aside and like, you know, deal with this. And sorry, my dogs are in my background. If anybody hears them, Uh, you know, Carrie, like you said, she is of course, right. White presenting, but she is a person of color and she out of that entire cast, she has a notable accent or a noticeable accent, of course. Um, and for her to take Brandy aside and being like, if someone's not willing to accept you, they don't deserve you. I'm like, oh, okay. So she's, Brandy is like God. And like, if someone's not willing to accept you, like we don't deserve you. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck yeah, is that? No, that's not it at all. You absolutely. And you know, it's, I still stand by everything I said in, you know, support of what happened with Carrie and how she did not deserve that. And then I extend the exact same theory to Dr. Moon is that she doesn't deserve it either. She comes to a workplace, right? And this is a workplace. And the goal here is to film content, be combative and be petty Mm -hmm. and dramatic. And that doesn't ever need to deal with your race your mm-hmm. ethnicity, your social uh, socioeconomic status, unless it's fun and we're talking about Brandy over in Beverly Hills and we can talk about her all the time. Or like, <laughs> you know, it, 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 25,000 with the sunglasses, things like yeah. that. But Did you know 25,000? <laughs> exactly. But not things that we genuinely cannot change, which yeah. is Carrie's Mexican heritage and Dr. Tiffany Moon's appearance and being Asian. You cannot mm-hmm. change these things. Right. So to me, I don't really understand and I say that lightly because I do understand why, but I don't understand why they chose to keep Brandy and yeah. cast Dr. Moon as if she was going to be the savior. And not, I would love to think that casting Dr. Moon was not a universal, let's like make this right. And yeah. this is how we're going to make it right is by giving the woman who did the problem, like, who did the problematic thing, a salary and then bringing someone else on here so that we don't get in trouble for it, who can yeah. absolve her. That to me puts way too much responsibility on her. And very it's also, performative. It's very performative. And it also has the, it's the whole issue of casting people of color on these shows of non people of color cast to just prove a point like hey look at us we're not racist you know it's right. the same thing as what happened with Garcelle being cast in Beverly Hills who out, outperformed every single person on that show for one but she's so funny she, she looks like so much smarter than all these people she's, she's like, amazing and yeah and, and, but they casted her and then made her do like the Martin Luther King Jr. Day post of what he means to her and I'm like so why like to make it make it very clear that yeah Hills is no longer problematic because we casted a black person like you didn't ask right. any of the women from the other black cast to do it or any other white person to talk about yeah. what racial harmony could mean to them I mean it's not right. like they're they're completely excused or that like they have no feelings on it. I know I have plenty of really amazing white best friends mm-hmm. who will even be in my wedding who would love to say yeah 
racial harmony means to me that my friends, the people that I love and care about don't have to suffer and I can't right. do anything about it. Exactly. So, yeah. love that. <laughs> also, no. he means yeah. a lot to a lot of people. So the performativeness of it, I agree, is is like, why is she here? Is it because she's more than qualified to be on this cast? Or did you have her in your back pocket this whole time and you just waited until the person you didn't want to fire did something that would, why is that Dr. Moon's responsibility? I 100% agree. I'm like, first of all, with Beverly Hills, it's in LA and LA has one of the biggest Asian populations in America. So I'm not really sure why they don't have an Asian house or only have now have an Asian housewife, um, yeah. Crystal. Or why we've even ever had, never had a, a diverse population on Beverly Hills. If again, it's LA. Right. But why didn't I mean, take Garcelle at all? Like to be yeah. the first of how many years? Yeah, of 10, however many seasons they have. I'm like, why is it all white blonde women? Um, but okay, <laughs> I mean, they could have made it diverse years ago, but I think it's what's convenient to Bravo and what's of like a social issue to them or mainstream. And then they're like, okay, we'll hire a black person. We'll hire an Asian person. It will be fine. It'll be good. And we can move on. You know, it's kind of like Ramona and there's now a black person on the cast and Ramona has been problematic, obviously. And, you know, it's kind of just, it's ridiculous, but, you know, back to what we're talking about, like, Brandy just sure well with her and Stephanie you know like they're just hanging out in her backyard and then talking about you know she was like and then Brandy said you know with all the racist stuff I'm like oh my god can you at least try to like use better terminology like you're so right I think it was just it's just a it's just a accusation yeah and there could have been a little bit more responsibility taken in and you know and just that and if you're going to bring it up and it's going to be led you can easily you know just go with and all of the backlash for what I did and we can start there and then we can dissect what it is you did and how you define it because and again I felt like if I had watched Brandy's confessional scenes or even her scene with Dr. Moon by themselves I wonder how much more I would have believed her apology and if it wasn't for the fact that they kept inserting other people like Stephanie and Carrie and Deandra and who tells who says looks at Mama D and goes you like her right as if if Mama D likes her absolutely yeah you should like her too Tiffany should just abandon all her feelings yeah all of her feelings on what she saw and having to film with this lady Mm -hmm. it's like and I, I want people to put into the same context if I came on this show or on my podcast and was like, hey, y'all, I'm super excited about my new job. I'm about to go and be a teacher at this school. And I made a lot of great friends in the group chat with other teachers and whatnot. That's not really how that goes. But what if that happened, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the summer and I'm so excited for the fall. And I'm like, well, side note, one of the teachers who works the cross for me, who also teaches, I don't know, third grade, I saw a video of her using the N-word and now I have to go and teach with her. If I had anyone come to me and be like, well, it was a long time ago and she's so sorry and she's really excited to work with you because she loves black people okay it's it's all so fun oh I've known her for years I've talked with her for years she's great I'm like just because you've known her and talked to her for years means nothing and additionally none of the women there are the authority on whether or not Brandy should be forgiven because none of the women there were impacted by this video other than it being a bad reputation for their show yeah, it's like, um, let the Asian person talk about how bad the Asian racist video is. I mean, just a thought. Um, 
yeah, I don't, that being like, mom, mom, you like her, right? Like, it, that was so yeah. stupid. I mean, like, why is she an authority on adorable liked her or not? that you think that's all that matters? Yeah. It's, and then Tiffany was just sitting there, like, she was being so patient. She's so much more better than most kind than I would be. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like, I would like get so angry and be like, you know, I'll tell you how I feel about Brandy. Um, yeah, that's how I probably would be. Uh, Tiffany was very patient and kind and way more kind and gracious than she needed to be. So yeah, Brandy just being like, you know, with all the racist stuff in the issues, I'm like, are you talking about the Black Lives Matter movement? Because you could just say it instead of being like all the racist stuff, you know, now I'm, all this stuff is coming out about my video and then Stephanie's like, girl, you made one mistake. You're sorry, right? And then he's like, I'm sorry. But I'm like, no, you're fucking not. First of all, Bravo didn't even show the entire video. They didn't show her follow-up tweets being like, if I do say so myself, it was a great impression. Yeah, I'm a comedian. uh, That was something that I think they needed. You're very right. You... They didn't even include the fact that she doubled down on it basically until she got roasted on the internet. And that mm-hmm. is what caused her to, you know, it's what caused her to have such a visceral reaction. And this is a disclaimer. Brandy claims that she was considering self-harming and suicide. And I use the word claims because I cannot confirm nor deny that. I don't know mm-hmm. women in her house. I don't know what she's right. been through. Um, I do feel like that could be a largely the reason why so many of the women were trying to give her so much grace because they were like, okay, it's, we know that you've been struggling with this and, and, and it's okay. And then to put the pressure on Dr. Moon to me felt unfair as if, as long as she forgives you, you should like, okay, well, look, she's been committing, like contemplating hurting herself. We just need you to say it'll all be okay. I'm like, that's actually not how that works. And she's allowed to have her feelings on it. And Brandy should seek mental health help and counseling, regardless of how Dr. Moon or any other Asian person feels about this or any other person, period. You don't know. Like, what if I had an Asian you know, best friend. And I'm like, you know what? They were, they love this show. We used to watch it together. I told them to watch it. And now they saw this and they're very upset about it. And now I feel like an asshole and you should too for doing that. Like, that's also very possible. And I, it it felt unfair that Dr. Moon had to be confronted with it at that large lunch at Stephanie's house to be like, well, I didn't know she was considering suicide. Like, that's a lot for her to take in while you're also then forcing her to take on this apology and they they made it all about brandy and not about what the content was right i think dr moon said it well she's like i don't get brandy's tears right now it's kind of kind of like when a little kid hits another kid and the little kid that was a perpetrator it starts crying i was like that's a great analogy and um i kind of think tiffany had to explain it in such simple words for simple-minded people to understand so um yeah and then Brandy just being like you know I would try to kill myself and I would well I don't know if she said that I don't remember verbatim but and then people crying and then she kind of gets this edit of like if Tiffany said I don't care or said something like that that doesn't matter to me about this situation oh my god people be attacking her I mean, I message with her from time to time and she's amazing. And she kind of tells me that people are telling her that she's too sensitive and that she should forgive Brandy and like should apologize to Brandy. I'm like, 
that's adorable. What, 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 why does she have to apologize to Brandy? Not only forgive her, but what is the apology uh, for? For sitting. I mean, all to be fair, if you watch the episode, all Dr. Moon has done so far is literally just sit and listen. And yeah, everyone tell her how she should feel. And mm-hmm. I'm like, also, what did y'all think Dr. Moon was going to do? Like, everybody was so nervous about her coming to Stephanie's event. I'm like, did you think she was going to what? Hit her? Cursor. Exactly. Like, what did you think was going to happen? A, sadly, I don't, I don't believe this is the first time Dr. Tiffany Moon has ever dealt with anything oh, yeah. racist or prejudicial in her entire lifetime. Right. Being a doctor. And living being in, Texas. in Texas. Yeah. Um, and just being a person of color overall. Highly right. doubt. And it won't be the last, especially because oh, yeah. now she has the visibility. The problem is she's on a TV show with other women. And they make an apology all about Brandy. Like at one point, I think when Brandy goes outside and they and they tell her, like, okay, you should go and talk to Dr. Moon, which she didn't ask for. She went, maybe she wanted to eat lunch. Maybe she yeah. didn't want to talk about racism at her lunch. She just wanted to have a nice meal. But they didn't give her that option. Instead, then they send Brandy out there to talk to Dr. Moon, which I thought should have happened before anyone said anything. It needs mm-hmm. to be between the two of them, regardless. And should not have been in a public forum in front of everybody else just because of the nature of this. And then you have someone ask, I don't remember who it is, oh, is Brandy okay out there? I'm like, what did y'all think she was going to do to this woman? Yeah. Like, is a grown woman. She knows how to have a conversation. She's hit yeah. her or like, yeah. And Brandy pool. is not the person who we need to be asking is going to be okay. It needs to be Dr. Moon. Is she's Dr. Moon be okay? okay with yeah. a woman who we don't know how she's going to feel because again, Brandy didn't, the reason I keep calling it racist rehab, and that's, it's tongue in cheek because your, your mental health and dealing with it is important. However, you did not choose to tackle this situation because of your racist ideologies. You did not choose to do it because of your, your stereotypes. You didn't do that because of that. You did this because the internet bullied you. And that's unfortunate. They should not. The internet is mean. It is very, very bad. I understand you don't believe you don't but you didn't you broke down because you didn't agree with how people were viewing you you did not stop and think about how you were being viewed and how you contributed to that it's the same argument that people give Candace you are being attacked and stuff and vilified I understand for Mm -hmm. what you what people thought happened and I really believe Candace didn't think that people would abandon her side and Believe it or not, people can be not team Monique and just still be not team Candace because right, you right. won't own up to what you contributed to the situation to make people feel this way about you. Right. And though Brandy doesn't deserve people on the internet telling her bad things or to yeah. die or anything like that, from what the clips that they showed of the tweets, it seemed like people were just calling her out for doing something right. really stupid ignorant, ugly, abhorrent, and based solely in non-factual racist stereotypes. In mm-hmm. which case, I don't feel bad that you had all that come on. I feel bad that it made you cause, like it caused a mental break that you say you had, but you're not the person that I am concerned about. What I'm concerned about is right. making sure that Dr. Moon is not entering a conversation with someone who's only solace or who's only, who's only, um, like apology or repentance has come because of 
how she was attacked by it. Right. Not because yeah. she was shown the error of her ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, again, yeah. her responses to the tweet and to the video were, it's, I'm a comedian. Like, it's funny. It's a joke. I do it, it again. And it, it, that's not really how that goes. Like, that, it, because people don't agree with you, you freak out and you're like, okay, okay. but I want to make sure that I'm okay. If you feel that you're that unhinged or you're that fragile right now, you don't need to film, period. Mm. You don't need to be here. And if yeah. you don't feel like you're in a safe place with Tiffany or with Dr. Moon, you don't need to film with her. You can choose to not be at the group functions and let this woman who is on the right. cast actually have the time to maybe get through a scene that isn't about her race and her taking charge of the entire Asian community. Right, right, exactly. It's like- oh, we put an Asian woman in here and then she's supposed to explain everything and then it's supposed to be fine. And then Brandy will be able to continue to film and be a beloved cast member, um, whatever. Like, you know, I got some pe people saying that her video was goofy. She was like, oh, she's just being goofy. I'm like, okay. Goofy is her wearing that shit hat at whatever charity the first season that is goofy yes putting on someone else's code it's the it is exactly why i've also said that the whole hilaria baldwin you know situation it's a lie. isn't necessarily it isn't necessarily harmless people are like oh it's harmless she's just putting on an it's accent not like madonna but i'm like okay it yeah is. but madonna putting on a british accent she would not be really her taking up the space or something of another British woman is likely that of another white woman. Hilaria was on the cover of Latin magazine. She's right. taking up the space of actual Latin people who should be in this forefront. Right. She's got money and stuff exactly. from this. So putting on someone else's culture is actually not as harmless as you think it is. It's why we don't wear Halloween costumes anymore as people's culture. Like, don't do right. it. It's like Rachel Dole is all being like, I'm black. I'm like, you're white. What are you fucking yeah, talking just because about? Because you chose to be. Like, yeah, she's like, works at all. It's, there's no such thing as transracial people, okay? There's no such thing and, as transracial. And Brandy wasn't even trying to do that. She was yeah, she wasn't even at the expense of somebody else. She said, I made a video making fun of my squinty eyes, which I think people need to understand the implication and how hurtful that term is squinty eyes. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of like a comparison, but. Um, like a stereotype about maybe the black community or the Latino community. I don't know. I can't think of something right off the top of my head, but squinty eyes, that is so insulting. And she didn't say, I am so sorry for being racist and making fun of the Asian community. And she's also not that bright because her stereotype is only a very small population of the Asian community. I mean, there are so many different Asian cultures that she only, I mean, she's probably not bright enough to like understand that there's like other Asian cultures out there, but that's neither here nor there. Um, she, <laughs> she was just like, yeah, I made fun of my squinty eyes and I feel so bad, but she didn't say, I'm so sorry to the Asian community. I am so sorry. My video was so derogatory and did that stereotypical Asian voice that, you know, people do all the time to me. People of the Asian community probably experience almost all the time or almost every day. And and she's just like people she goes oh, what kind of asian am i because of my small eyes or something i mean i don't understand how people are not understanding how serious Ooh. and insulting I that video was my eyes more than in the last minute and a half of you talking because i'm just yeah. like i remember it and watching it i was just like this is it's it's, it's so 
painfully obvious why this is offensive that it's almost offensive to me and my intelligence that people don't get it like this is not just being goofy and I can actually think of a great deal of times that people have made probably insensitive and at the time like you know more acceptable but still somehow less offensive like jokes about like you know people in the nail shop and things like that without squinting your eyes changing your 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 voice your vocal like tonality changing everything about your appearance you moving your bangs and now Brandy did make this clear and I'm glad she did and doing it in front of your children who go to school with other Asian kids who are going to do the same thing that they see their mom do I have an issue with that because then it puts a lot of pressure on that teacher to have to shut something down so that other kids feel safe and she's I'll give her one thing she's right about the fact that you're not you weren't being a good example for your children Mm -hmm. who need to learn how to be respectful and how to accept other people and if they're going to take on those christian values how to love everyone for who they are and the differences that they have and right. guess what guess how that doesn't happen yeah right why now. don't we celebrate our differences <laughs> like i mean not that brandy like not this video if brandy came out and said you know i mean i wouldn't agree with this She's like a lot of people tell me that i look like i look asian um based on my asiatic eyes I would be like, that's fucked up, but she's like making fun of the fact that she looks Asian, like an Asian person. F is it bad to look like an Asian person? Like she, huh. very good. Point. Yeah, she's like, I mean, like you know, people doing that squinty eye thing. I mean, when people are like, you know, like I've got when I go out to bars sometimes, you know, not now of course, but you know, people be like, Konnichiwa or Ni Hao or oh Jesus in heaven, do that like. <laughs> They'll be like ching chong ta- or something, you know, something so like what Brandy did in that video to me. Yeah, I get that. I've been on a couple of podcasts where other podcasters will like instantly come out with the yeah, girl, and hey, and like they'll instantly just go into like the colloquialisms of what they think the black female community is. And I'm like, is this you? Like, is it really you? Because if it is, that's great, but I don't think it is. And it's not me. So I don't know where you're getting this from, where you're going with this. And yeah. It ain't I get cute. like really uncomfortable when people are talking to black women and be like, girl. And like, yeah, it like literally you're like cringes makes me cringe. And I'm like, why can't you just talk to someone normally? And I mean, I don't hear anything different in how people are speaking. I'm like, why are you making this a thing? Like, don't make it don't a thing. Don't make it a thing. Don't make that happen, girl. Like, yeah. I I will say is that it's very unfortunate that it came to this because, and I hate that Dr. Moon even had to explain herself, Mm -hmm. but I think the only real remorse that we might even see from Brandy will be in this conversation that took place at the end between her and Dr. Moon that is to be continued, Mm -hmm. where Dr. Moon is explaining her family and their history and has to take a minute from just literally being a regular, frivolous, rich bitch housewife. That She's she rich, honey. She should be allowed to be <laughs> yeah. with everyone else in the yeah. room. And she now has to explain the entire history of her family and the, the, the fact that they probably experienced the exact same things, just in a probably less joking manner or what they probably had to just swipe off of them and say, well, that's fine because they were trying to make a way in the world for their daughter and themselves. And then for them to not have spoken English and have been immigrants. Like I just, I don't want to have to imagine this woman through her hardships because she deserves better than that. And we are, we should be past that as viewers 
of a TV show where we can't have a person of color or just a diverse group of people on mm-hmm. a cast period without making it a thing. Like we have to make it a big thing. Like, right. so you are gay and this means this and you are Asian and let's hear mm-hmm. your story. You are black. Tell me about that. It's like, we've never asked any of these white women what it is for them to be white. We don't get, we don't have to. We don't right. ever have to because they're never put in a position where they are basically being either demonized or made to feel inferior because of what they cannot change. Like Carrie was with Leanne as if like somehow her decisions are less valid and what she wants to do with the group on their vacation is right. less important because she is Mexican. And mm-hmm. that is the whole issue of what happened with Leanne. And now it's the whole issue is what happens with Dr. Moon. She can't even come to a luncheon and mm. we just talk about some bullshit without oh, yeah. being like, tell us their story. Let's let's hear your, tell Brandy why she needs to be more sorry to you about what she did to you. and your Yeah, people. and explain to Brandy like, you know, why she should like be forgiven. I feel, I feel like they're all being like, okay, just explain a little bit of what you're feeling and then tell Brandy yeah. it's fine. Yeah, tell her why she should be sorry so she yeah. can just get it and we can move on. Yeah. I feel like people keep saying like, she said she was sorry. She said she was sorry. Like, I don't give a fuck if she, she said she was sorry. I don't, but she didn't but actually she say sorry. sorry. Did she say sorry because she's, she got caught. Like, she's sorry that she got your caught. Kid, if your kid hits another kid and the kid says sorry, the kid is still, the other kid is still bleeding. So awesome. What mm-hmm. does the sorry do to the bleeding kid who's now scared or trying to Oh, they're all cured blah, now blah, blah. and the wound is clear oh, and yeah. everything's fine and let's move it's on. Fine. I'm here to just mop up the blood. My I'll just clean it up myself because though you hit me, you said sorry so that you can just go on with your day and sleep easy at night. And I'm just gonna, you know, nurse myself back to health, clean up the some of the blood, you know, make myself feel comfortable around you because I need to do that to make sure you're okay. It's Tiffany's job to make Brandy feel comfortable about being around (laughs) Tiffany. Yes. Is what yes. yes. It's like, um, no, let's not go there. Um it's it's and it's also like the complicity of the other woman they're not saying like brandy what you did in your video you using that voice or doing that with your eyes was really messed up you know i want to know if she did this against the mexican community if she did this against the black community like what their responses would be because i feel like they're so only have the bandwidth to deal with i call it kind of like mainstream racism where you know Black racism is so much more evident and prevalent. And yeah, that's mainly because like, the country still hasn't absolved it. And they haven't right. they have never rectified it. And yeah, I, I mean like all the time. Like apparently we're all very as Americans, sometimes they can be very um one track minded. And right. I'm like, you know, we can walk and chew gum, guys. We actually can just right. get rid of all the racism. It's like they go, okay, so we can't say this, but can we still say this? Nope, actually, we could just not. Like, as a whole, yeah, let's just just don't do it. But you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people are still just now realizing after yeah. the summer of 2020 that the way they had been living wasn't sufficient. Yeah, and wasn't that they okay. Are still people in their family might even still be racist. They're very shocked. They're like, what? Today? But they're like, oh my now? God, I didn't know this existed. I'm like, um. <laughs> You've only ever, I mean, it's not like, it's like, oh, you know, and the whole like Black Lives Matter movement. I'm like, not movement, resurgence, because they've been doing this for years. We've been yes. working for a really long time, like decades. 
We've been asking right. for some equal treatment for a really long time. So we're the, I mean, even, it's not this. even like, I feel like at this point, it's like, they're not even thinking of equal treatment that we just want to be treated with an ounce of the humility and humanity that yes. white people I are. I say all the time, we are saying matters and that's being debated. We are not saying is important. It's a bare We're minimum. We're not saying it's yeah. equal. We're just saying, you know, we, we matter too. This yeah. gonna be okay. And they're yeah. like, oh, no, see, that's a yeah. lie. <laughs> You've asked for too much, girl. Yeah, it's like, like oh. Hey, hey. No. <laughs> yeah, just, no, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna we're gonna let you know. We're gonna vote on it and get back to you. Um it's a hung jury, we can't decide. Um yeah. and I, I I get but I get what you're saying. It does feel like a part of me wants to wonder if the reason that they don't have an issue with what Brandy did or they're trying to like move past it is because they don't see an issue with it because they would kind of do the same thing. And, and right. they are like, Oh god, this could have been any of us. And sometimes when you feel like it could have been you you kind of do a lot more to rectify that in your own head and make you feel better and that's what I'm saying is that maybe they see what Brandy did and they're like oh well I have definitely approached my husband's black employee and done the whole hey girl type thing and I what if that person next comes out and goes well you want to know something else who else is right you know what I mean like right. it could be any of us at any time who's doing that but so instead of changing the behavior and the action they're instead being like well it's not that bad and, and you're sorry and we'll just you know we'll only do it in private yeah because we would do the same thing it's fine exactly but, yeah absolutely you know. They I'll probably like don't even know the word like, Asian. They probably use the word Oriental no. because they're probably not that smart. Um, but <laughs> I really hope that no, hope not. I really hope Bravo has like at least a little bit of a standard. But you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm naive. I feel like, I mean, okay. So with Bravo, I don't know how the C-suite office is there. I don't know who the executives really are. I heard sometimes Andy doesn't really actually have that much power with casting. He really and- says he doesn't. He does it because he's been removed. He's no longer in that position and the cast and oh, everything is actually okay. below him. However, if mm-hmm. he raised a concern or praise, I'm pretty sure that person would be back in subcompatible. Yeah, I mean, when you think of Bravo, you think me. of Andy Cohen. And you know, yes. right? So it's so people would do it if they wanted to do it, which is exactly why his response about the whole like Stassi and Kristen and everything being and them being fired was really uh, upsetting and alarming to a lot of people because he said it was a decision that felt right at the time and so it was a performative firing and that was people's main concern is that you did this because you got with caught with your hand in a cookie jar and that is the whole point is Unfortunately, Dr. Moon now has to work with Brandy through her own emotions with this and walk her through her apology and understanding yeah. how racism is multi-leveled and tiered. Mm-hmm. And um, she now has to work with that and workshop that with her, which is unfair, but that's the whole thing. Are you being, are you upset that you were caught and you right. didn't realize it? Are you upset that you are you did something that hurt people or are you upset that you let this go on in your head and you didn't even know that it was racist and you, you didn't want people to tell you I venture to argue is because she just got caught and she didn't understand it would be this big of a deal with Dallas I think that 
it's definitely going to come up at the reunion. And I hope that because this is happening so early on, people have time to formulate their questions mm-hmm. and present them to Andy of like, why didn't they press her out more about this? Or yeah. can Brandy actually say that she was sorry for what she did? Or is she just sorry that it caused her a lot of pain in her family? Like, and again, had... I really wonder, had they not let all these women intervene, if I would have thought differently of Brandy's apology? Because when I think back to her specific confessionals, they were, I gave them like a B plus, but because they, everybody talked before her, I gave it like a D minus because everyone mm-hmm. was saying, but she's already apologized, so it's all good. But I'm yeah. like, we don't know that. We haven't heard it. We yeah. It, even if you were as her friends were like, oh, we talked to her all summer about why this was really bad and why this was problematic. We didn't see that. So if you're going to start the season with yeah. the same content, let me see you actually work this out with her. Yeah, but, Tiffany's but, like, she, her, she, like, her just staring at Deandra like, she's a good person. She's a good Christian. And she's like, okay. <laughs> don't like, know any, what any of this means to me. So yeah. still haven't met the woman. Don't know if it's in her heart or not. No, none of these words. Like, all these things are brand new to me. But, oh, Bravo, you're our problematic fave. Like, honest to God. I still I think that they make good television. I just wish right. they... they would hold themselves to a standard of how to make it even better. Just show me yes. the good, the bad, the ugly. I and will I'm, take 57 episodes of it. Fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want Andy Cohen to come out and say, this was fucked up. And I just also like one last, like the thing, people are like talking, they're like commenting on Tiffany's stuff and they're like, you talk like such a valley girl. And I'm like, first of all, English wasn't her first language. Like she explained, she had to learn how to assimilate and speak. Being, it's not being a fucking valley girl, just being born and raised where, I mean, being raised where you were, moving to a region where, I mean, I'm from DC, I'm from Maryland, I have, like they say, a Maryland accent. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I sound different from a Korean American growing up in LA and, or, you know, my parents, if they immigrated elsewhere, maybe they would sound different. Like if we, if they immigrated to Texas, possibly maybe they had a Southern accent and maybe I would have had a Southern accent, but people are offended that because I'm not, they don't look like the person the accent is supposed to have they're now like upset about it like I don't know people have been like you sound like a valley girl I'm like you sound dumb (laughs) oh okay yeah I like that that's my new response to people too is you just sound dumb um that being said can you please tell people where they can find you and get more of your content and hot takes and everything like that thank you so much I'm at Asians who watch Bravo um just one word no uh acronyms or anything just Asians who watch Bravo I recap Dallas a lot I make a lot of memes and gifts um let's talk about stupid Bravo shit that's not just relating to racism so if you guys want to follow me please follow me and I want to come on here again so we can talk about other things yes absolutely we'll definitely have you on to talk about the non (laughs) non things that have to do with racism because guys we love bravo we're never going to give it up we just want them to be better when you love something you want them to be better not to mention they used to be fantastic and now it's like if you're going to change the times girl let's do it the right way Mm -hmm. like let's do it or at least a way that is a little bit more um that we can get behind it it makes us a little bit more proud like tell the whole story tell all the sides if you're going to tell the sides yeah. and, and you know don't just do what's comfortable or what's easy or what's cheap also so mm-hmm. that being said Dallas 
we're going to give you a shot, but we want you to be, get cute, girl. You need to tighten up, <laughs> straighten up really, really well. Um, and of course, we will be continuing to watch and hope for the best and hope that they get it together. I mean, it sucks that we can't tell anything until the reunion anyway, but yeah. that's all we ever do is we can hope for a better reunion and to see mm-hmm. what happens. But I think the season is going to do the best that it can in the times that we have. And I absolutely, you know, thank you for coming on. And for people who like, why is it always about race? Girl, it was literally the whole first episode. They literally yeah. made it the whole thing about race. So it's yeah, if somebody fault. DMs me like, why are you making about this race? I'd be like, why are you talking? <laughs> like, this was the first episode. Yeah, it yeah. Was about you can't. Race. Like, I can't. What am I supposed to talk about? <laughs> am I supposed about, to talk about so. their big ass houses? Like, yeah, I know that. The big ass houses. Yeah. Like, so yeah. it is what it is. So, yeah. That's all of those things. Of course, y'all know where to find me at Mixing with Mani on all of the things. And um, yeah, we will. I'll be up next to, uh, I don't know, close out the show. Just take care of yourselves, people. And, yeah. you know, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay Yes, everyone stay safe. Yes. And yeah, talk to y'all next week. Bye. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, pop culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at MixingWithMani, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I, so you can keep up with me. And don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening, and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.